love music, live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Hugh Burns on Rock Sport Radio. Good evening and welcome to. Sorry, is that you're not loud enough for you? Is that usually 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 you complain that they're too loud? Coming through loud and clear. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just uh, start again. Welcome to tonight's talking football. Hugh Burns, as you've probably heard, in with me tonight. Uh, we will be talking to Lyndon Dykes about uh, Livy's first victory. I think I'm right in saying over Celtic. And his performance within that game And uh, Mr Burns is a big fan Uh, We'll be talking to former referee Charlie Richmond About all the refing decisions at the weekend I said refing decisions Uh, And we'll talk to Patrick Hollis Who's a journalist at the Roker Report On the demise of Jack Ross from Sunderland Which I have to say is a bit of a bolt from the blue Uh, Let me remind you, you can listen to the programme On DAB Digital Radio Online at rocksportradio.co.uk Via your smartphone and smart speaker That's using the tuning and the Radiogram apps and you can also watch the programme live as we stream on Facebook, Twitter <laughs> and Periscope. Well, that's what the camera's here for, to wave to all the fans. For, what, for you to look a complete well, tube. Well, could people see, all over, see us all over the world right now? Yes. There you go. Very good. <laughs> Lovely. Hiya. People now think I'm your carer. Hiya. People now think I'm your carer. Uh, by the way, tonight also another pair of uh, tickets to give away. You can win those. That's to go and see the. Uh, you can go and see the Rangers legends against the Liverpool legends. What are you making faces about that for? I'll make the same eh? faces I made last night. But why? Why? I've got one thought. Do you think you should be chosen? No, I don't come into legend category hey? at all. Maybe, that... le- maybe legends for some other things, but football. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can win tickets. I shall be asking uh, a question during the show tonight. How many tickets have you got? I've got five pairs. I'll be giving them away right up until Friday. Okay, I might enter on Friday. Um, <laughs> I shall be asking a question about... The I should be, people have seen you on TV, you dipstick. <laughs> I'll be asking a question about the Rangers' uh, nine in a row winning season. Oh, ask away, ask away, and that'll ask come away. a wee bit. That'll come up a, a wee bit later on. Ask uh, away, ask away. What's wrong with you? I thought it was great last day. I listened about the podcast when where I kind of sung you out. In the background, and we became was sitting here. They took it well, didn't they? We Jerry took it well last night. Wasn't happy about his big pal phoning me later on, right enough. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you stay, Burns. You're not in Ayrshire now, son. <laughs> I know where you stay and I'm standing outside. <laughs> Look out your window. <laughs> yeah, I know where you stay and I'm see, standing see his outside. Big pal McGurk, he's a, <laughs> a monster. He's jaws in disguise, man. A honestly. monster. He's jaws monster, in monster. disguise. Now, listen, let's bring on our first guest tonight. I'm very pleased to bring him on. Uh, and well done to you and our producer for uh, for nabbing him and chasing him down. Uh, Lyndon Dykes is with us tonight. Uh, good evening, Lyndon. Thank you, first of all, uh, for coming on and giving us your time tonight. I know I know Ewan has hounded you uh, like some sort of bounty hunter trying to get you on this evening. No, that's no worries at all. Uh, it's a pleasure. Listen, a great result at the weekend. You must be extremely pleased, and, and especially with your own performance and getting on the, the score sheet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, all the boys were great, and um, I, I thought everyone uh, played extremely well. And then also to finish it off with a little goal for myself. So, 
Yeah, I was uh, fair of the moon over that. Was that goal one of those moments that sometimes occurs in our, our, our life occasionally, where you just hit it over uh, Fraser Forster and everything goes into slow motion? <laughs> yeah, well, it was one of those things. I mean, especially with him being so tall, uh, it was uh, just try to lob him, and then it was like slow motion watching it go in, and then once it went in, it was <laughs> it was uh, it was a great feeling. Lyndon, hi, it's you. I'm I'm a co-host here with Bill. Uh, most nights now, he, dra- he drafts me in off the bench now and again. So I'm going to be here. He's so, Lyndon, with all due respect, let me just clear this up. He spent most of his professional career on the bench, so he's <laughs> used to being drafted in. Lyndon, let's just say I was uh, an ex-Rangers player, and when you hit the back of the net on Sunday lunchtime, mate, I was in the shower jumping about before I went to Ibrook. So you made my day to start with. So tell me something. I've been at most games. I've watched Rangers against Livingston. And this guy, Lyndon Dykes, has kind of exploded on the scene, mate. Bill will tell you, I've come back for a few games. The game you lost 2-1 at Rangers, I thought you were outstanding. McGregor makes a great save for you. Rangers struggled that day. He's kind of win the game. Also, the bet, Fred, you know, you get brought down with with Hollander late on. You were in the press room and you passed me. You've got a bit of presence about you. Just tell us all about yourself. You've got to move to Livy. But, you know, you've obviously got a lot of belief in in your own ability, son. Yeah, um, no, I was really pleased getting the move to Livingston. Uh, I had a great couple of years at Queen of the South, and I just kind of got that good vibe um, signing for Livingston, and then I ended up going there and fitting in really well, and the boys are great, and they're really enjoying it. So I've uh, just been working on my game, and obviously I uh, was excited to get into that big stage and, and uh, play against those big teams. So I was uh, a bit nervous in this, that first game against Ibrox, at Ibrox, sorry, against yeah. Rangers. And, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just, just, it was a great feeling. And I hope, again, the boys played really well and the result was didn't really show the performance that we'd done. And, uh, but it's, it was, I've just been really enjoying it, to be honest, and just trying to do my best for the team and trying to, trying to learn and trying to... Um, get to that next step maybe yeah you, you lead the line well you're, you're a kind of typical old old fashioned Scottish striker there's a lot of you know if buts and maybe's in the press right now regarding your international situation uh, it's fantastic that Ewan's got you on here because it's great and we can get right in about you before anybody else does <laughs> so we will fire the questions at you going back to, to the Ibrox game I came in to the studio on Monday night Bill am I right in saying yeah I says, I says Livingston outplayed Rangers in loads of areas in, on the Saturday and he's Rangers were there to be beat, Lyndon. Obviously, you were unfortunate to get the two yellows in you, you, you left it fueled a bit early, if I'm right in saying. You were a bit unfortunate, but big centre-backs had a great chance at one each to win the game. I think Rangers wouldn't have come back for that. But these were just so impressive. Um, you know, it's a kind of... It's, it's a rise to fame for you, because every day I'm lifting up this paper. But, you know something, I've been in the game long enough that I kind of know when somebody's going to kind of come onto the scene and, and gradually getting better every game. As I said, those games that you played against Rangers, scoring against Celtic, puts you in the spotlight. Give us uh, your thoughts on, on the international situation. If you don't mind us asking, wh- where, do, where do we stand as a country with a chance of getting you? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously I would love to have the opportunities to uh, to decide or choose uh, which country I would I would play for. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I grew up in Australia, so I'd love to play for them. But also with the Scotland, my family's Scottish, my parents and uh, my little boy, he's born in Scotland. So right. I, w- I would love to play for Scotland as well if the opportunity came up. Uh, 
So it's just one of those things where I would I would uh, have to wait to see what if happens? I even got the opportunity. Yeah. Um, but I would never rule out playing for Scotland. Um, like I said, I've got a lot of family and my boy, my, my little boy, he was born in Scotland. So, um, yeah, I would love to do that. And I, I've been around a, a lot of players, um, ex, ex-Scottish people, uh, James McFadden and my ex-coach, um, uh, Naismith. And mm-hmm. So, you, I don't know what would happen in the future, but I would never rule it out and... Um, they're a great side and a great team where I think if I got the opportunity to go into Australia or Scotland that I, I could uh, do a job for either or. Lyndon, let me ask you about your step up to the Premiership. I mean, obviously you had a, a great partnership with Stephen Dobby at Queen of the South. Uh, now you're kind of going solo, if you like. Uh, what's that step up been like and what have you found the hardest part of it? Um, it's kind of a tough one, I think. Uh, there's a lot of doing in the training side of it. Uh, it's a bit lot more intense than I was used to. Uh, I mean, playing. I've been. I've played with a lot of quality players, even in the championship, like like you say, Stephen Doby and James McFadden, and so I've learned a lot from them. And when I when I stepped up to Livingston, I knew it was going to be a tough challenge, but I was I was confident in myself that I could learn and get even better and, and and get better at finishing and uh, whatever the team would need me need to do to help out so um to be honest just just hard work really hard work put down to hard work and um and, and hopefully i can keep getting better and, and make it easier each time i play you see, when you go into a game like you did on Sunday or against, and you've had the two games against Rangers, I mean, I, we've had Gary on a lot of times uh, since he's been Livy manager and just before he became Livy manager. Um, does, does he approach it in the same way, every game the same, uh, or does he kind of does he kind of look at the old firm games, recognising how special they are, and are the, is the preparation any different for those games for you at Livingston? Um, no, the preparation's always the same. I think um, on their day, anyone in, in the league is deadly and and can, can rock up and finish it. But obviously, it's different when you're playing the big uh, Rangers and Celtic. It's a different feeling and a different vibe. But preparations to the game is always the same. The boys need to go in. We know every game. We have to work hard. We have to be, be together and and just just do our best for the on the day and get the, get the three points. So... No, not really. Preparation. He the usually thing he says on against the big teams that you can't be hiding hiding in the in the games. He wants if 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 you're a good player, you, this is the games where you come out and you you step above the quality and you don't hide from the equation. So, um, the preparations through the week is just really the same for the boys and and from uh, the gaffer and that. London, the preparation to to the public was a wee bit different when they seen you. Uh, and Sunday appearing with the hairdo. Talk us through the hair, <laughs> what happened, you're getting a bit of stick, the guys must be giving you pelters. Uh, you're fortunate enough, I don't have any up top, but certainly, mate, come on, talk me through that hairdo, what's happening? Yeah, I, I, I knew that question was going to come. No, it was just, just something different. Uh, I've I done it, I done it uh, last season at Queen of the South. Right. Uh, my part, my partner's nephews, their little kids were at our house one night dyeing their hairs, and <laughs> they wanted they wanted me to do it with the kids, and I ended up joining in just for a bit of fun. And then, so, uh, just before, just through, throughout the week, uh, there was a little bit of dye in the house, and I ended up 
oh, let's go to the missus, let's just go and die it, and we ended up dying it. So at least at least I played a li- uh, played well. Um, yes, with yeah. The hairdo because I was I was definitely sticking out. <laughs> Take a bit of, put a wee bit of pressure on yourself running down the tunnel like that. I've got to say because uh, you know if you, when you score and you lob the goalie against you know Celtic, then you can do whatever you want, big man. You just keep dying that before every Celtic game. <laughs> this is this, this is this is where you start on me, Burns, because I actually like it. And if I could get away with it well, like thirty like years ago, hairdo. yeah, I do. do I, like, I like the colour. Well, I don't think. I was ever just as blonde as that. I had. I had streaks. I don't know if you, had, you know, you probably heard the streaks in your hair. I had a wee bit of streaks and different hairdos when we played. I'm going back to the eighties now, Lyndon. What year were you yeah. born? What year were you born, Lyndon? Ninety-five. Ninety-five. <laughs> Make some money. Well, still what? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. I can't right. believe it. Uh, well, listen. You you just keep doing what you're doing, mate, because. Um, Livingston as a club in general, you know, we 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 we, we can go back years with Livy and, and and the times that they've had have been tough times, London. You know, we've spoke Bill and I for we've been on air for been five very years. Very tough times. You know, even before we came on air five years ago, London, uh, you know, Livingston were on a, a mess. It was a total mess. And they always potentially, you know, where they are, where they're situated between, you know, Glasgow and anyway, what a prime site it is as well. Great little stadium, great atmosphere. Um, I think it was obviously easy enough for you. Tell me the difference on, on your 4G, where you came from to where you are now. Was there any difference on that? On my what, sorry? On the 4G on the surface that you've came from uh, Palmerston to to uh, Tony Macaroni. Is there any difference in that surface? Um, uh, there's, a little, there's a little bit little bit difference. I mean, um, I think it's a, a little bit longer, to be, to be honest, right. than at Palmerston, but... I was never one to really worry about the Astro. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really like it and that, but I just kind of get on with it. Um, but I, I, yeah, I, I don't mind. I think I think it's a good good ground. Obviously, we train there every day, so yeah, quite used to it now. Yeah, I think that's good for clubs build. That you know, Kilmarnock's the same, isn't it? Hamilton's the same. You know, Levy. You know, you get you do get used to going into the stadium every morning. I've got a question for you, Lyndon. What was your Sunday night like? My Sunday night. Yeah, um, it's about personal. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering. After beating Celtic, what Sunday night was like for you? Oh, that's fine. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit boring to be honest. I, I just, I just uh, went back with my partner and uh, went back to Dumfries and, um, and just, just had a quiet one with the kids to be honest and put the kids to sleep and. Uh, watch, watch a bit of the is it sports scene. I yeah, knew yeah. you were going to say that. Yeah. I, I could have guaranteed you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all right, so that was about it, really. I, I, it was my birthday on the Monday, so oh, yeah. happy, many happy yeah. returns. All the best. Yeah. Right, so it was just just a quiet night, really. And um, like I said, I'm quite bored. I'm, I'm I'm quite an old man. Just like to go home and sit on the couch and watch a bit of TV. Nothing wrong with that, son. Nothing wrong with that at all. Going back to the the choice between Australia and Scotland, um, it, I guess it would be a, a choice you would have to make if one or the other came knocking first. Um, what what level have you played at for Australia international level? I haven't played any any uh, with Australia. I've only played schoolboys uh, schoolboys football with them. Um, so I haven't had any any internationals uh, at all growing up with them. And what's your what's your thoughts on the current state? Because you probably heard all the criticism that the Scotland teams come in for over the last few years or so. Uh, what's your current thoughts on the national team, the Scottish national team? Um, 
I think they're I think they're a great team to be honest. When you when you look at the players they've got, they've got all around great players. And so I, I look at the team and I think it'd be amazing to even to be even playing involved with some of the players they have and obviously representing um, Scotland. So I think they're hard, hard done by from the fans and stuff. I think they've um, they'll come good. I think I've seen that uh, Shanklin got called up and. Um, uh, Gallagher just got called up just just the other day there, so I think they that will be good for them as well. And I hope I hope Shanklin as well because I played against him at Air and uh, he's at Dundee United now, so I think I think he he, he could actually do a good job for them. Um, so it's just one of those things that sometimes sometimes it doesn't go well and sometimes it goes well. So I think that if everyone just kind of sticks by them, I think they'll uh, they'll be fine. It's going to be interesting. I think Bill, you know, the more London. Does the better he does, you know, head of steam with the press, you know, he's then got a choice. It's a big choice to make. But listen, London, Scotland, Scotland potentially have got to be a better international team than an Australian. <laughs> so come on, come on, have a serious think, have a serious think about what you're going to do here, mate. Right? We're all passionate Scots. We run a big striker up front. You know, uh, Bill's not a lover of Ollie McBurney, who moved for twenty million. I don't so, care. So I, listen, <laughs> listen. He should join his easy top tribute band, right. and that's it. Leave it. <laughs> we, do, we don't, we don't, we don't mess about on here, Lyndon. We speak our mind, right? We don't sit in the fence, right? So, listen. Have a think about it. Scotland Hall of Fame, mate. Think about it. You could score goals. You could become a multi-millionaire. You walk down the street in Glasgow. Folk want to take your picture. You walk down the street in Melbourne or anything like that. Folk will know you, Lyndon. Get yourself signed up with Scotland, mate, because the, the, the Tartan Army would like you. Big, strong, big Joe Jordan type. I don't know if you know him or not, but Google him. He was a warrior. And and, and we, we need players like you leading the line up front. So the more you do, the more you better. I take it, obviously, there must be a wee bit of fame coming your way in and out. Anyway, there must be more people recognising you and stopping you. And, with that head, you know, yeah. Must, yeah. With that head, aye, it must be, exactly. Aye. Uh, there's odd people here and there, but definitely the hair, the hairdo on the weekend definitely helped me. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hear the accent coming through a wee bit. You know, yeah, Dumfries yeah. is quite a soft accent. Yeah. You know, if you lived in Glasgow, that would be coming through right stronger. So, uh, do you just travel up and down for Dumfries to Livingston every day, London? Um, I've just recently got a little flat in Livingston, so oh, I, nice I, just, I stay up through it through the week uh, some some nights with with the, and the missus comes up with the kids or perfect and just just depending on what 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 goes on that's good mate you know you're tuned in and and just keep all those teammates away from the flat mate that's for you and the, and the missus and the family only don't let any don't get up to anything you just keep doing what you're doing you're doing well you're fit and, and scoring goals and at a very very good level so um, as i said mate i was in here weeks ago Bumming about you, Bill Murray. I'm, you I'm, honestly, yeah, I'm yeah. saying the big striker for Livingston is he's different class, and I'm not just saying that because you're on, but I did say that weeks ago. I says that big fella is going to burst on the scene soon. Lyndon, be careful. Don't give anybody the address of your flat because Burns is starting to sound like a stalker now. <laughs> very, very worrying. Have you got an agent, Lyndon? You must have. Like <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I you must have an agent. You must I have an agent. Knew that was Everybody's got agents now, haven't they? Nah, I'm you know going. I mean? No, but when I played, I had an agent, but it didn't do much for me to be fair. <laughs> uh, I was a bit, of, I was a bit of a journeyman, Lyndon. Yeah. I, I liked, a, I liked a few clubs. I kept moving about, but you know, you just oh, stay yeah. where you are because there'll be a big one coming soon. For Lyndon, me. on occasions, Livy get criticised by people for their style of play. I've actually said that Livy are a, a lot better football team than people give them credit for, and I think they're a better footballing team this season than they were last season. 
How does Holty kind of keep you on, on an even keel with that kind of criticism? Which in my mind a lot of the time is very, very unfair. I, I like what Livy do. Livy can mix it up and change the game in accordance with what the game requires. And and the great thing I think about Holty and about the team is you never apologise for it, nor should you. But I mean, it must sometimes sting a little bit when you hear people making those kind of comments. Uh, yeah, it does a little bit. But to be honest, I don't think anyone anyone in the team or the manager uh, really really take on board what people say I think like you said I think this year we're playing great football uh, we know what we're doing if, like you said like if it needs to go long in some games we go long if it goes short we pass I think uh, we started off really well this season uh, the way we played through games I think we've been unfortunate with a couple of the games with the results but as you can see when we played against Rangers on TV last week and Celtic this week, I thought we didn't look out of place and, and we did we did play the way we wanted to play and play football as well. So, I mean, people can say what they want, but if we're getting results at the end of the day, they don't really care. But that's, that's actually something I said on Sunday in terms of the result against Celtic. It's a results-driven game. It's results that count. And when you're sitting sixth in the table at the moment and you've got teams like Hibs and Hearts and people like that below you, are Livy going to be bothered? They shouldn't be. And I don't think Holt is for the most part. I'll give you one bit of advice, though. Don't let him want you too hard at training because he was never a great lover of training himself. <laughs> oh, is that right? I'm going to yeah, that, him up on that one. That is very true. But I will tell you one thing. When he played on a Saturday, you would have thought he had four lungs. Aye, it was a beast. He, he, not the most technically gifted. You can say that to him as well. <laughs> um, we have we have got a guy called Jerry McCabe who was his assistant manager when they won the Scottish Cup with Kilmarnock, and uh, Gary Holt. I think I believe was was in the army as a kid as well. Was it? Yeah, he got, yeah, he came. I didn't know. Yeah, he was, was, in, the he was army. in the army, and uh, <clears throat> came out. Was always fit. Bit of headless chicken, London, you know. But uh, <laughs> watch him because he's winding you up no, for something no, here. No, it was a bit of headless chicken. No, as I say, technically no gifty, but the Kelly fans loved him because he worked so hard. And you could probably see a lot of his players being like that, being busy all over the park, going and pressing, playing in the front foot, you know. So, you know, I just think that, you know, again, even I'll the. I'll tell you one thing, he's one of the nicest guys in Scottish football. He's a nice guy, yeah. I, you know, even but you're saying Levingston are in sixth ball, but, you know, they, they, they outplayed Aberdeen. Should I beat Aberdeen? I think Linda would agree with that. They, they I don't know how they lost it. London, how did you manage to, to lose that Aberdeen game? Because um, you, you hit them with everything. The only thing you didn't do was convert chances because you made plenty of them. Yeah, exactly. I think there was a couple of chances in the first half that if we scored them, I think that would have been that would have been the game buried. Yeah. And then we uh, they just gave away, we gave away a soft goal and... Um, it was just one of those things, but like I said before, I think a couple of the results that we've had in the last few weeks weren't really the results that we deserved, And by, uh, but we just got them, but uh, we got on with it, and then we d we picked it up against Celtic, and we showed everyone what we're, what we're worth. Even the Hamilton one as well, you're a goal up, you lose two goals through Hamilton, you know, that that was a bit of a blow, we all fancied Livy that day, I tipped Livy to win that, and they go a goal up, and I thought he'd have kicked on, but then to come back the way you have done, but... Picture the scene in the dressing room on Sunday, mate. What were you like when you went in there? And what was the manager like, assistant manager? Was it all kind of, were these trying to keep you calm or was he just letting you get on with celebrating? I take it he's were making a, a hell of a noise. Yeah, no, the boys were buzzing and yeah. uh, uh, the, uh, the gaffer was, was over the moon. And yeah. I think it, was, it just helped that because we all knew that we kind of deserved it in the last few weeks, like you said, against 
Hamilton and Aberdeen that um, once, once we, we yeah. beat Celtic mm-hmm. and uh, all the boys were, were loving it and to be honest, I think a few of them went out that night and uh, no, I thought from all the hard work we've done since pre-season and that training, uh, we definitely deserved it and and we're not we're not going to be a pushover this season. So so uh, yeah, I'm really I was all the boys really really glad. London, see the two points. the two one game at Ibrox two or three weeks back when 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 you went up the tunnel early and uh, probably was turned, it two one or three one. Three I one. think it was uh, three, one. three one. Three one. Yeah, Levy go ahead, and then uh, you know Rangers get one quite fortuitous, and then uh, London said a chance. You know McGregor said a great, a great save, and then the big centre backs missed a header. See on the park that day when you were playing at Ibrox, did did you know that you know because to to the watching the watching public it looked as though you thoroughly deserved to be where you were in the game. How did you feel in that game at Ibrox? Did you feel overawed about? Oh wait a minute! We're beating we're beating Rangers here. It's now one each. We've got a chance. Do you feel as if he's could have kicked on and won the game within within the team? Yeah, I definitely thought when we were playing that um, we definitely could could sneak a win here. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially when it went the goals we gave away at the start were a bit slack as well. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. But uh, that chance I got off the corner, I think um, Chris Erskine hit the post. Off he the did off the corner. He did. Yeah. So we definitely had we were definitely on the front foot, and then when you give away slack goals to big teams, it helps yeah, them a lot. And then I thought we st- I thought we were still playing well. I thought yep. um, Nicky Devlin he ran for on goal, but we got called back for a, for a foul. Mm-hmm. So like I think it was one of those things where he didn't have a little bit of luck, and and then obviously when I get when I get my second yellow, uh, it's hard for the boys against ten men, and then they end up scoring another one to end at three one, which if you were at the game or you watched the game, that you knew it wasn't a 3-1 game. No, I was there. I was in the gantry with the press guys and I sat and watch it. And, um, you know, I always come back and try to be as honest to Bill and the guys on the Monday. And, you know, I, I was waxing lyrical about Livingston. I says, listen, this team are far better than the, 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 the plaudits are getting and the press they're getting. They're ready to, to hit a run. The run didn't come, but we always felt as if it nearly come. Because I've seen Livingston teams come to, come to the old firm before and years going by and it's like... You know, it's like the Alamo, it's like lambs to the slaughter, you're sitting back, but Livy just played with a, with a free spirit that day, you know, and that's the way the, he's have been playing. Hence, obviously, losing so many top players as well, you know, the guys are now getting called into Scotland squads, Halkitts and Gallicers and all these guys, and then still for to build to assemble the team that he's got, you know, the manager, the manager's stock's rising all the time as well, you know, because... You know, even at the start of the season, when things weren't happening at Kilmarnock, they were talking about going there. And, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's wanting to always box at a higher level. So I think you're all putting yourself, I don't mean as disrespectful to Livingston Football Club, but the better you do, the better you score goals, get results. I think a lot of people through their bill are putting themselves in the shop window with the job they're doing. Lyndon, just be careful with what you listen to and what he's saying, because I've just got to remind him that this time last season, he said the same thing about St Mirren. <laughs> yeah, but it's a different ball. No, no, it's a different no. ball game. <laughs> just you know, be, and you like just to be careful. In that every, every, every week. Listen, I'm going to let you go because I know you're out with your good lady uh, at Glen Eagles and uh, ha- what? Have a, have Glen a, Eagles. Have a, a smash. Another night. lovely Scottish. Thank you. Thank lo- another lovely Scottish Shut area. Up. Let me just cut him off. Uh, I'll. St- <laughs> I'll I, I don't live that far away from the Tony Macaroni. I'll drop in the words of Flower of Scotland for you, so that you've got it all memorised and ready for your first. 
line up with the national team. Uh, listen, thank you for taking time out your evening uh, and enjoy the rest of it. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Lyndon. Thanks, Lyndon. All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Lyndon Dykes there, uh, one of the heroes of the the game for Livy at the weekend against Celtic. What a lovely, unassuming big lad as well. I I, I, I like, you know, the the background. Oh, you know, settled down, a couple of kids. You know, just if we'd all went down that route, then we might all had a wee chance in life. I did. Oh, you did. I, I did. Well, somebody should have sat me down and tell me how to go about it. Uh, but, uh, no, great. And, and and I've told you for weeks. I said, listen, you, you have watch, indeed. You watch this big guy. You have. I'm getting bored now, I though. Know. Yeah, okay. I'll keep going on about it then. <laughs> uh, but he is top player. And, and right now, right now, I said, weeks ago, this big guy could walk into any Premier League team, Premier, uh, all firm included. Okay. I uh, listen, a couple of things. Uh, Morton Kitman Andy Bryan faces an SFA charge over gambling offences, uh, placing bets in a variety of matches as well as other sports. And I believe some of the matches involved Morton. Uh, and it just makes you wonder a little bit Is about. Yeah, he's been there for a million years, hasn't he? Yeah, it just makes you wonder why people just don't learn the lesson. Um, oh, come on, Bill. But wait a minute. Let's what? get this right. Gambling, what happened? He's a cat man. The man's been there a hundred years. How is how is his bet affecting anything? I don't agree with that. I think it's a, it's a pile of dung. That. I really think. Whether it is or it isn't isn't the issue. The issue is that the the, the rule dung. is there. Pile of dung. The rule is there. And then I tell you about that. You know what I mean? It's coming out in the press. It's the same old press, press, press. How do they know he's guilty? But they can release it. He's, they never said he was guilty. No, but you know it, they never said he was guilty. He's, what, he's not been proven guilty. Well, it's an SFA complaint's right, been made against him. Why can why does that come out then? Why does what come out? That come out then because it'll be published. It'll be a matter of record at the that SFA. Should be, that should be kept in house. It'll be well. <laughs> I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. What I'm saying it is what it is, and it's there and people know about it. And I must emphasise he has not been found guilty of anything. A complaint's been made against him, and he will face that. That's so there we go. That's well, I hope he's. That. I hope he gets through it. Okay, but I don't agree with it. I think it's wrong. Well, I'm not saying I do agree well, with it. What I'm, I'm saying, high horse. No, what I'm saying is the rule is there, and if you know the rules there and you do it, then you leave yourself Listen, open to you think this he's stuff. He's walking into a betting shop and going, "Oh, there's a wee guy from Morton. You know what's happening? Is Morton got a, a, a couple of his, you know injuries out? Oh, that's a pile of dull rubbish." <laughs> Oh dear, now you know why your life is what it is. <laughs> With that attitude. Life, sorry. With that attitude. Uh, take a break, we'll come back. We'll speak to Charlie Richmond about some of the more contentious decisions over the weekend. Imagine raw power, supreme skill, hand to hand combat, and national pride. Imagine putting your body on the line for the greatest prize in world rugby the Rugby World Cup. 2019. Rock Sport Radio will bring you comprehensive coverage of this titanic battle between the world's top teams. Who will reign supreme? Will it be Northern or Southern Hemisphere? Rock Sport Radio's Lewis Stewart will be in Japan to give you the latest team news and reports from all of Scotland's games. The Rugby World Cup on Rock Sport Radio, brought to you by Motorpoint Glasgow. Jet off to Rome next year to watch Italy v Scotland. Score two free tickets to the Six Nations at Motorpoint Glasgow, just two minutes from Junction 3 off the M74. Do you hear that? That's your family coming round to your new house for Sunday lunch. Your son opening the door of his first home. Visitors arriving at your guest house. 
friends coming over to watch the football. Scottish Building Society offer a range of mortgages, so we can turn this into this. Hello. Scottish Building Society. We've been helping people open doors since 1848. Call us today on 0345 600 4085. Scottish Building Society is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. William, Pamela and Anthony were sold investments by banks and ended up losing money. Luckily, they contacted Goodwin Barrett and were able to claim back a total of £65,500. If you've lost money on an investment sold by a bank or financial advisor, even if you no longer have the investment or the paperwork, Goodwin Barrett could help. Discover how much you could be owed. Text GOOD to 6677. Text GOOD to 6677 now. It's easy to put things off. I'll sort it tomorrow. It'll wait. Well, turns out if you're a man with prostate disease, the sooner you spot it, the better it can often be treated. So if your dad or brother have had prostate cancer or you're having trouble with your waterworks, do something about it. See your GP or visit prostatescotland.org.uk for more information. Prostate Scotland. Pull your finger out. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Hugh Burns on Rock Sport Radio. Must say thank you to Douglas who sent us in a picture of Gaza in his blonde days. <laughs> uh, I know similar colour to Mr. Dykes, I have to say, a similar colour. A mm-hmm. uh, lot to talk about tonight. Charlie Richmond coming on in just a moment uh, to talk to us about some of the more contentious decisions. How do you manage to get Charlie from Auchinleck on the on the phone because there is only one phone in Auchinleck. They all wait. At the... They just hang on till he's finished. Basically, good, good. they the just r- all queue around the phone box the and big, that's it. The big red tardis, and they're all waiting. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for for Charlie to get his work done and that's it, he's away (laughs) after that. (laughs) Charlie's great. I love him, Charlie, on the Tuesday as well. Big Charlie, listen to you. Because he... uh, Obviously, I'm I'm filling in tonight, but um, no, I like your chat with Charlie. Chat with Charlie. You like chat with Charlie. Could could that be the name of the the feature? Here's our chat with Charlie. Chat with Chaz. The man in black, the man in the middle. Big chat with Chaz. The whistleblower. Big Chaz, I don't know if... Listen, Charlie... um, I think I might have fell out with Charlie a couple of times in the park. Is there a referee you haven't fallen out with in your time? Oh, and that twat has sent me a three times in the He week, never. Yeah. He told you he never. You, see, see, that's, that's what pees me off about you, right? But no matter what I say to you, you don't believe me. <laughs> I remember getting sent off three times in the <laughs> one game with Stuart Dougal. The man told you. The guy's he, a twat. The man he told sent me you. Off. I called him a twat off. The, the you're man. a twat off and you're an effing twat off three times. I nearly get sacked with Dumbarton. I should have said four twats and I wouldn't get sacked and I wouldn't have delighted. <laughs> I'd have known a free. <laughs> oh, Charlie, rescue me. Oh, hang on. Is that engine noise I hear? Aye. I'm afraid so. To me, it's what, do you mean? what do you mean you're afraid so? Where are you? I'm just heading through Bishop Briggs. <sighs> do, you to, do you manage to get out of Auckland Lake? I managed. I've got my passport here so I can get back in. <laughs> <laughs> and I've... And I've left everybody ten pences beside the phone so they can use it. Big man, you weren't supposed to hear that. He, listen, <laughs> he listens to every word. <laughs> Brilliant. Let's chat with Charlie. Chat with chat with Chaz. Uh, Charlie, weekend's decisions, some of them fairly straightforward, and one of them for me, obviously, uh, the Ryan Christie red card. 
the boy's leg wasn't planted 100% 100% because he's, play, he's played the leg that he's played the ball away with if he had that leg planted yes and he's actually going against the knee so the knee wouldn't the knee wouldn't have broke the knee would have actually popped out the other way and it was a leg breaker if, it, if the leg was planted it was a leg breaker Charlie, in the same game, a bit of conjecture about the uh, the Keegan Jacobs one, uh, where some were saying red card, others saying no, no red card. Um, what's your thoughts on that one? I think it falls into the same category that he has left the ground and then he's jumped in, and because he has effectively got a chance of winning the ball. That's probably why Wally Collins thought it was being a yellow card. But if that was me refereeing, I don't see a difference. I think the two of them merit the same. And it also, it also shows consistency. I know we're going to talk into another game, but it shows consistency with those types of tackles as well. I've got to be honest with you. I, I thought it was a two-footed tackle. Uh, and I would have given a red for it. I really would have. At the time I said that, uh, I thought it was a two-footed tackle. Yeah, he's in, he's in, and, he, and he's he's off the ground, and he's it's a very similar tackle to Lewis Ferguson. And Is, that's where I would see the consistency of it. If Lewis Ferguson's a red card, his must be a red card. Is that one that the compliance officer could revisit or not? Because the the referee took action. Well, we've seen instances like that, Bill, where the compliance officer has went uh, after the referee issuing a yellow card, they feel that there's a, a, a stronger case for a red card. Mm, I've got to be honest with you, it was red for me every day of the week. Uh, I did well, that. Well. It falls into the category of a red card for me. Mm. You know, something I've always wanted to ask, Charlie, another opportunity in diverse facility before you come into the incidents at the weekend. See the game now, Charlie, and the game through yeah. the 80s and 90s, do you think the physicality has changed in any way? The physicality of it, and the part that I think, and this is a personal opinion, yeah. I think the players I think the players are overcoached in formations and tactics, and they're not getting coached how to tackle. See, when you go back to your game, at uh, your day, Shay, yeah, yeah. your centre-halves, your centre-halves, the likes of Tam Forsyth, uh, Colin Jackson, mm-hmm. were all told how to tackle or showed how to tackle. Yeah. And I don't think centre-halves are sliding in to tackle. Bill, you were talking about it last week. They're tackling with the wrong foot. Mm-hmm. You should be going in your left side and tackling with your right foot. Mm-hmm. The art of that is out the game. Mm-hmm. And... It all stems from the Marco Van Basten, where the, the physicality 
Gallagher coming through the back, etc. But they want players to be protected and make a career of it now. So yes, the physicality is uh, going out the game more and more and more. Yeah, it's, it's interesting Charlie saying that, and he's nailed it because you don't see what a challenge that was. What a great tackle that was. What a sliding tackle. You don't see that now. Yeah, it's true. They don't go to ground, maybe. And if they do, it looks awkward because it, it's, it's up there and they don't really know how to... I'm not saying they don't know how to tackle, Bill, but it's, Charlie's just nailed it. He's just covered it well. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I, I think it's it's become one of those games as well that if you did teach people to tackle the way that the rules have been changed and adapted, I'm not sure that, that, that even... With all due respect, Charlie, a lot of the modern-day officials would allow those tackles anymore, even if they were clean-cut. I've seen them. I've seen them where a player has quite clearly got the ball, and if you're going to ground and you're sliding in, and you get the ball, uh, and you get it by a long way, you cannot stop yourself once you've got the ball. It's inevitable that the, you're going to go through the player, yeah. but you've played the ball quite clearly. Yes, and that might come from another side of the flip coin is the modern-day referee. The modern-day referee is coached and, and, and brought up to referee like that, whereas if you put the likes of referees, Willie uh, Young and, and uh, Jim McCluskey and, and guys like that, Kenny Holtz and Dougie Holtz, how would they referee the modern game now? You would probably say, you've won the ball, you can't stop, so we play on. And that's the way it should be, in my view. Yes, yes. If you win the ball, it's like a goalkeeper. The goalkeeper goes to ground, quite clearly plays the ball, but he can't stop, and his momentum just takes the player out of the game. That's not a penalty or not a free kick. Quite obviously, quite obviously, biomechanics at play there. Oh uh, yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, let's let's talk about the Aberdeen game. They went down to nine men: uh, Curtis Main and Lewis Ferguson. Give me your views on both of those decisions. Yeah, again, they fall into the red cap category because the way they've lost, they'll leave the ground, they've lost control. And again, if you look at the way Curtis Main's foot comes in, it comes in and it, it, it studs straight up 90 degrees. Um, if he could possibly turn his foot, I'm not saying that would have kept him on the park, but he's not going in to make a tackle. He's going in to block or he's going in to, to um, make contact with the player in the nicest possible way. So that's a red card for me. And Lewis Ferguson is well late. But what I will say is, I think Lewis was unlucky a couple of minutes before when B.J. Marlin catches him late. And I thought that was a free kick and a yellow card. So again, Hugh, you might be able to back me up. If you've just been hit like that, there's a wee bit in the back burner as if to say, who was that? Oh, wait till I get him. <laughs> Why are you coming to me with <laughs> Why are you coming to me with I'll... retaliation? <laughs> you know what I, mean? I would have used I would have used Jerry <laughs> Collins if he was in the studio. Two hatchet men together, is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there was seemingly a challenge of, of, of Big Sam Cosgrove just before 
he actually scored the equaliser. I heard Willie Miller saying that. I don't know if that was highlighted and uh, they was lucky to stay on the park. Yeah. He's already been on a yellow. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a second yellow card, Huey. Uh, well, there you go. I, I'm that's, glad you've seen it. I spoke about it. I didn't see it. That, because that's the, that's the second worst tackle a player can make. It's what we call the scissor challenge. Right. Your legs go round them and then you scissor across. And the guy, whether his legs are planted or not, he's got absolutely nowhere to go mm-hmm. to try and accommodate the movement. So it was another yellow then, Charlie? For me, that's another yellow card, yes. Yeah. And and then, of course, he scores the he scores the equaliser. Yeah. Yeah. So Charlie. Also, there was a, a, a contentious call as well, where uh, there was a push in the box and uh, no penalty given for that. Would you have uh, Would you have given it, or was it the right decision not to? Right, I'm, I'm going to sit in the fence in this one. No, no, you never sit in the fence. The, tele- the television shows a two hand, a clear two handed push. So there is a penalty kick. What we can see is how much that push is. Does Niall McKinn uh, over-exaggerate the contact? Or was it an actual one? Because I don't see... See, if I push you hard in the spine, your back would arch. And I never saw that. So in that concept there, from the television, it looks like a penalty. From being on the path, I can see why Don Robertson has not given it. But you, you, you've seen them given, though. Yes, 100%. 100%. Uh, what about the St. Johnson penalty at Ross County? It was pe- terribly taken. I bet you they wish they never got it in the end. <laughs> That's what we used to do. <laughs> That's what we used to do. See, you missed a penalty, you're not getting another one. <laughs> <laughs> You wasted <laughs> you wasted that one. <laughs> Brilliant, Charlie. I like that. What was your thoughts on it, though? Yeah, that's a clear penalty because um, the St Johnston player, the, the Ross County player, thinks that he is going to wait and take the ball away with his foot, but he's actually quite clever and he takes it away with his thigh, and the Ross County does not anticipate that and therefore makes contact. And it's a penalty kick for me. Charlie, one of the other things that I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with at the moment, I must be honest, and we discussed it long before the, the new law came domestically because we saw it in the, all them being, if you like, showcased in the Women's World Cup. And that's this business about the handball again because over the weekend I watched a number of games in a number of different countries and I could not get any, and I mean any consistency at all in terms of... Uh, what referees are doing for interpretation. There was once where balls were skidding up and hitting people with their hands at the side of their, their, their bodies, not making themselves any bigger. They were giving us free kicks. There was once where people were sliding in with their hands wide. They were hitting there, nothing. I just, th- this this whole law now has become a bit of a laughing stock. Yeah, and, I, and the, bigger, the bigger picture has to be, has he intentionally made himself bigger by placing his hand in that unnatural. And if the referees stick to that, then you will start to see the consistency hopefully coming through. If they try and, oh, oh, what about this, what about that? Well, it's been in... 
making making your arm three inches for your side, taking your arm three inches for your side, in my opinion, is not making yourself unnaturally bigger. There must be at least a foot to a foot and a half away from your side where that becomes unnatural. And for that, remember, <laughs> a bad example, but remember when you used to hide behind the door and scare your kids and you put your hands right up and went, boo! And your hands were up in an unnatural position. Even now, even yeah. now there are social service workers tracking you. <laughs> <laughs> but, was that a red light behind me? Blue light is this. Blue light is a blue light going through Bristol Bricks. Charlie, what other ones caught your eye at the weekend that you think needs to we need to discuss? Well, obviously the Rangers uh, result, Charlie. Can we discuss the Rangers result? No, uh, no, we, we're talking about this. Oh, right, oh, no, right, okay. <laughs> In that case, I'll let you get back to uh, your journey. I think he's on the dodgems. I'm always... <laughs> you're at you, Park, you, you're at the fair. Is that what you're up to? I'm, I'm, the I'm away up. I'm away up in Torrance now. Torrance? Oh, yeah. I'm yes. up in Torrance, yeah. Hi. Do me a favour, Q. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. You, you'll, obviously, you'll obviously have uh, eggs on on Friday. Yes. One of my first European trips away as a, a referee uh-huh. who was preparing myself to go on the FIFA list was a trip to Portugal with Scotland under 17s with Ross Matthey and Heggs. Heggs was the assistant coach at the time. Oh, right, okay. oh, right. And he allowed me he allowed me to train with the players. Right. Just ask them what was the goal like that Charlie Richmond scored <laughs> off his off his feet <laughs> what he done was he, he, he chipped the ball in uh-huh. and he caught it. The first one he flew away yes. and he says, right, you get to the back of the kid. And the second one, just ask him what the goal was like. Is that right? He just throws it up and you volley it. Right into the postage stamp. <laughs> the, the, the wee goalkeeper was like, ah, are you sure you're a referee, sir? <laughs> 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 I need to remember that. I Charlie, to... I don't mean to be disrespectful, but there's a load of ex-players that say the same thing about you. Are you sure you're a referee? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, no, what's to that effect, Charlie? What's to that effect? Get out my centre circle. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, thanks for being on with us as always, mate. Always good to Just talk Charlie. to you. We'll talk to you same time next week. Uh, Charlie Richmond, the man <laughs> in black, our man in the middle, talking to us about the weekend's uh, decisions. I was just trying to get a wee, a wee, a wee snifter out of my about the Rangers result. You know, it's still, still great. I've getting some great social media. I've just had a text through here from allowed to read it out, which we, I'm pretty sure we can. And it's Neil Lennon sitting in the front of a car with his mum, and the caption saying, "There's nothing coming, more, You're good to go." And she says, "I'll just check that." I say, "Oh, Neil, you never seen the Rangers coming." <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh. keep them coming, boys. <laughs> yeah. I hope the big taxi driver's driving when I boot Glasgow. You can't help yourself, can you? And he's blood spiling, the taxi driver. You can't help yourself, can you? You'll be charging you? double fares and everything, boundary charges, everything. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, uh, let me just remind you that, actually, should we do it now, you or do you want to leave it till later? What? Do what? All right, we'll do it in five minutes. So let me remind you that you can win a pair of tickets uh, to go to Ibrox this Saturday to see the Rangers legends against the Liverpool legends. Uh, And it's to do with the 96-97 season, uh, the season that Rangers won their nine in a row. Are you giving us a question? I'm not giving you it for another five minutes. I know, five minutes. What are you waiting five minutes for? But I've been told by my producer to wait five minutes. And if he tells me to wait five minutes, I'll wait five minutes. He doesn't know nothing about nothing. He's going to push it on social media, then oh, I'll okay. do it. So right. he knows what he's well, doing. No, he said 45 minutes, 50 minutes to push it so then social media. <laughs> you were at the dentist before you came no, here, I, weren't you? You know what I've done? No. I got a text from my dentist, big Scottish, is a uh, big guy, you're supposed to be here at quarter to two. No. Aye? No, tell a lie. He says you're supposed to be at 2.45. I had it at 3.45. 2.45? Aye, 2.45. <laughs> I'm sitting in my maws. I've just had the plate of soup. I've had the full booner. And she went, what time's your appointment? I says, quarter to, quarter to four. Next thing a big man texts me, she says, Burns, you're ten minutes late. Where are you? And by chance, you know what happens every time? You're supposed to go to dentist. You get toothache. No. The, 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 the payment away. But, aye, so he's, he's fitted me in Thursday. So there you go. My mouth's feeling good. If Hugh is playing, it's not the Rangers legends he's not playing. Who said that? We tell for. Call you, keyboard <laughs> gangster. I'm coming to get you, sir. <laughs> uh, I don't think I come, yeah. into, I don't come into the legend really with anybody uh, that I play because I wasn't really long enough anywhere to get the legend status. As I said, legendary for all the wrong reasons. Listen, there are some times where it's good not to stay in one place very long. It's harder to hit a moving target. That's it. what I say. I like to have stayed at Rangers longer. Would you? Uh, how long were you at Rangers? Not long enough. No, how long though? I, I signed with a boy at 13, and I was 22 when I left. And well, it was a big part of my life. Well, nine years. Uh, it was a long time, you know, seen a lot of players. What were you, 17 when you made your debut? 17. Yeah, yeah that's five years. Yeah. And then a guy with a big moustache came into my life, and uh, here he. Great Joe Marks was yeah, at Rangers. Well, I did call him worse than that. <laughs> I says, what am I in the second team for? He says, because there's no third team. So, <laughs> I was bombed. When I was a kid, there was a third team. <laughs> there was, There I was, it was called the combination just... team. Aye, aye. He says, hey, uh, compared me often to Gary Stevens. He says, Shuggy, compared to Gary Stevens, you're... <laughs> nice of him. <laughs> so that was that. I didn't get on, moved on, but legendary status. Oh, there'll be a lot of legends over there at the weekend, so, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that'd be interesting now, Stevie G pulling on his boots again. Yeah, and they're going to do a wee cameo for Rangers as well, I believe. Yeah, he's going to play for Liverpool. I wonder, and then... I wonder if Big McAllister will get to sell about the park. Maybe Big Gary will play. I've got the squad somewhere. Or I have the squad somewhere. I would have thought for, so. For Liverpool. What do you think so. the crowd will be? I don't know. Because I don't I think don't most of the Rangers fans will be too interested in what's going on in San Marino and saving their money for the Monday night game. Mm. Is that right? Monday night we play San Marino? Is it I think so. so it's either Sunday. I'll, I'll, Sunday. I reckon. Is McCoyston the Ranger squad? Sorry? McCoyston and Ranger squad. Uh, I don't I can't remember the squad. I've got them. They're somewhere. talking McCoyston in the jungle. Yeah, if did you've you got that? them, you and I'll take them because I did have them. Did you hear about McCoy's mate beginning? No, the jungle? no, 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 not in my ear. I won't remember them as you tell me them unless you want have you got them written down. Uh yeah, you were saying about there's rumours about I'm going in the jungle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought they got rid of the jungle. 
Living in the jungle, coasties. I thought they get rid of the jungle. I thought the jungle was gone. Stay well away from there. Oh, no, I think the jungle, they've still got a wee bit of the jungle, you know. Yes. Ali McCoyst, Ali McCoyst, and I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Can you imagine him emptying the dunny every morning? I think it'd be funny. He's good with Brazil, of course. You know, he does his double dunny. Yeah, it's in Australia, though. It's not in Brazil. No, I know, but um, it's quite near Brazil, Australia, is it not? So. No. Well, it's, far, it's nearer than Scotland. Eh? Scotland's nearer Brazil. I saw the Australia's nearer Brazil than Scotland. Uh, Were you good at geography? I was great at geography. I was wrong. I was very good at school. Good generally. at anything at school. Yeah. What were you good at? Eating. Uh, I was good at everything. Did you get an A plus in eating? I was very good at everything, <laughs> and I never went to eating. <laughs> Obviously not. That <laughs> was no, hopeless at school. So my mom used to give me pelters, man. My report cards were, and you, could, I, I doctored them and everything. You mean you used to get them him in pencil and all that? Me and her Michelle would be changing them for <laughs> C's to A's and all that stuff. Maybe you used to get a wee envelope him you wrote it with. But how could you change them? Because it was quite easy done. Mine was always... Mum will kill me, let's make this an ace, she meant. Mine was always... Oof you, she used to say, oof you. Manicati knows you're no an Probably. C's, and you could change C's, you could put a B if you had a C. That's quite easy done. And B's were acceptable. But apart from that, it was like... Hopeless. He's too easily distracted. <laughs> Can you believe easily that? Di- easily distracted. Easily led. Thank, Thank you. Easily, easily led and easily distracted. It's just 54 and it's still the same. Right, you want to read out the Liverpool and I'll read out Rangers. All right, all right. The Liverpool squad is uh, Jersey Dudek, Glenn Johnson, Jose Enrique, Jason McAteer, Stephen Gerrard, Emil Heskey, Patrick Berger. Oh, I thought he was a great player, Patrick Berger. Great. Uh, Luis Garcia, Vladimir Smitzer, uh, Jermaine Pennant, Dirk Coy, Chris Kirkland, uh, Jamie Carragher and Stephen Warnock. That's a good squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going to give you the Rangers squad. Um, is Ronald Vatahus, Alan Hutton, Clint Hill... Got to be a question, How, Mark. How's Clint Hill a right, legend? I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you about that. Clint Hill, Rangers legend, right? Okay. Next one, obviously, yes. Richard Goff, top player. Pedro Mendes, got to be questions with that. Sass Apache, Papach. I would say that, yes. Lee McCulloch, I wouldn't put into legend. Trevor Stephen, yes. TBC, who's that? As to be confirmed. <laughs> I knew it was a dodo. <laughs> Chris Boyd, yes. Michael Moles, obviously. Nacho, he said no. Yeah, obviously. Uh, George Alberts, Marvin Andrews, Alec Ray, definitely. I like wee man, uh, but definitely no legend status. Jonathan Johansson, no legend status. Gregory Vignal, a million percent, never a legend. Thomas Buffal, yes. Carlos Queller, yes. We Charlie Adam, mm, don't know. Peter Lovenkrantz, the Danish... Uh, Rangers man, yes, 100%. So, I would say, I'm, I'm a wee bit unsure about six or seven of them in there. Koisty's no in. Geranti's no in. Uh, Bomber Brown's no in. They're legends to me. Not be enough money in it for Koisty, probably. <laughs> probably. He'd be looking for appearance money. <laughs> uh, the reason, that, is, that is a very good Liverpool, though. Uh, Dudek, Glenn Johnson, yeah. Enrique left back. McAteer, don't particularly like him anyway. Stevie G... Heskey, Berger, yeah, Luis Garcia, Vladimir Schmitzer, Shemin Pennant, Dick Coote, Chris Kirtland, Jamie Carricker, Jimmy Hacker, uh, Stephen Warnock. So there you go, that's quite a strong squad, isn't it? Right, uh, what am I going to do? Am I going to do the question now? Yeah, let's go for it, I'm in. 
Yeah. I want in. Yeah, I know the number. I've got it in front can, of me. Can I, can I enter? No. No. And I don't want you to open your mouth and tell the answer either. Uh, here's the question, folks, to win the pair of tickets to go to that game on Saturday at Ibrox. And uh, all you need to do is give us a call on 0333 9442. 0333 9442. Hello. And the, the question is at which ground did Rangers seal? Their ninth title oh, in a row. Come on! At which ground? What an absolute! Tell my mom would even know that. <laughs> At which ground did Rangers seal the ninth t- title in oh, a row? Uh, oh, treble three nine thousand four four two. Give us a call and you can a be a winner. No, but, but At get which them on. ground? Get them on. At which ground did Rangers seal their ninth title in a row? Is it just first come first served? Yeah. Good yeah. on, well, good. Right, Ma, yeah. I'll text you. There's answer. a lot of calls coming in, so there's going to be a lot of disappointed people, but yeah. uh, it's a fairly simple question. Oh, of but course you, you know, There you go. Somebody's already tweeted it. Right. Um, but, yeah, we need somebody to give us a call. 0333-9442. At which ground did Rangers seal their ninth title in a row in 1996-97? Alan, how you doing? All right, yourself. Good, good. Thanks for giving us a call. Now, it's a, a straightforward question. The two tickets are yours if you tell me the answer to that one. Uh, where did Rangers, at which ground did they seal the ninth title in a row? Tanadice. Absolutely. Dundee United, Tanadice. Well done, Alan. Well done, big man. Uh, stay on the line so we can get all your details if we haven't already, uh, so that we can make sure you get those tickets. Enjoy the game. I take it you're a, a, a Blue Nose, a Rangers fan? Yes, through and through, yes. God, I thought you were going to say you were a Liverpool fan. And were you, at the yeah. game, were you at the game, Alan? Were you at Tanadice when they got nine in a row? Are you there, Alan? Question must have been too hard. I think we've lost them. I must be talking to you. I think we've lost them, but anyway. No, I don't well, I know how to get rid of the guest, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> nothing new there. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all new there. Okay, uh, thanks think, for that. I, oh, hang on, I think, he, I think he lost the line. He's back now, though. All right, okay. Um, Are you there, Alan? No, he's, no, he's talking to you in now by the look of it. Right. No, no, it's a different number. Alan, you still with us? I'm still with you. Oh, here. sorry. We lost uh, you there, Alan. Hugh says... You. Hugh says were you at Tanadice when they got the nine in a row? I was, yes. That's four tickets coming your way, you big blue nose. <laughs> <laughs> it's two tickets. Uh, how's your thoughts and how's your thinking over uh, over the uh, the weekend with Rangers going uh, two points ahead at the top of the table? Is it sustainable? Are you happy? I'm, I'm happy with the squad. Happy with the uh, you know the, the guys in the background who are ready to come back as well. A lot stronger than last year, Bill. And uh, a wee Brucey bonus, obviously, early doors on Sunday. And uh, we just went on and, and trounced the old Ackies there to to put us on top. Certainly did. Certainly yeah, did. Yeah, Alan, I, I think I've got to... I don't miss many games. We see most of the games. And there's just... It, it's a tremendous feeling to be up there. There's no doubt about it. We've, we've been... We've tamed peppers for years, mate, haven't we? Really, to be honest with you. And, and we've stopped oh, by. You know, we, we, you know, somebody made a great point today. I was talking Bill about season books and what have you. And it'd be nice to these guys that have stuck through third division, second division, just for the club maybe to give them something back. We're talking about season books and... You know, you've got to pay into Betfred, Scottish Cup, European ties. It would be nice if just we, we got a wee thank you back to all the fans because to think where we were, Alan, to think where we were, you know, and 
going to, you know, Annan and he's Fife and no disrespect to the wee clubs, but and to be suddenly be back up top, you know, and we've got a few obviously of the Celtic persuasions here at Rocksport and obviously I'm here to kinda of level it off a wee bit and you know where Marley's and she's lying. Bill is of course as well. And that's where we're a wee bit more probably edgier than, than anybody else in the city that, that broadcasts. We like to we like to know people what we you know what, what we are and what we do and, and what we talk about. So it's great when especially when we get the Bears on selling guys on we open it up, mate, honestly we really do open it up here and, and it's great to get everybody's opinion on it. But the Stevie G is it's, it's slowly but surely just coming you know, the cream's coming to the top. You know, we had big Lyndon Dykes on there from Livingston and uh, he spoke really, really well. But they gave us a good game as well a couple of weeks back. You know, there's no there's no shoe in games, but Rangers are just turning up with that weekend of swagger again, mate, aren't they? I think we've got, as I said earlier, Hugh, we've got we've got a lot better squad now and, yes. and the guys, as I say, we've got you know, like a wee Kent still to come back, yep. Jordan Jones, he, mm-hmm. Hasty's down at Rotherham, as you know. Yep. And I mean, they're all vying for that one position and you know yourself, you were an ex player, you that if somebody's rattling in your yes. your position, you you're going to up the game. I think that was his his outlook when he came in. He wanted, you know, to double up the positions, Bill, and you know, he's did that and, and I tell you all credit to the powers that be the money men as such you know, releasing the funds to go and get these players in, you know, and I think I think we've unearthed a big gem with the centre-back, mate. I was going on and on and on about it last night. The big boy, Edmondson, to me, looks absolutely top draw. And, and, a, and a good age as well to get yeah, him. Yeah, fantastic. And looks the part. Runs like a football. Looks the part. No, you know, came into the press room. He'd, he was such a nice, big, unassuming guy, but he's got a nice kind of swagger about him as well. And I seen him on the part. And I heard the manager the week before saying he brought him on, played him a kind of holding role. Uh, and I think he's capable of doing that as well. Um, but when you've got players like Defoe and Morelos and guys that will score goals, you say Kent still to come back in. Murphy coming back and... And players getting better. Davis showing is what he's all about now. He got his legs and he's fat. Um, and I'm seeing the goalie today as well, saying you know he should get McGregor signed up for another two, three years. A goalie, the goalie loves McGregor. I often ask the goalie about you know who he thought was you know top drawer. He says always went to McGregor for all the Rangers goalies that have been there. Now the goalie's my favourite goalie, uh, but um, I think McGregor's been uh, been brilliant for the club as well. For come back. Ah, he's been he's been outstanding, hasn't he? I mean, he's, he never lets you down. And see, see, likes the European nights last season, even yes. one and ones. He's, you, you fancy him every time, you? Without a doubt, a hundred percent. Alan, well done. Congratulations, game, mate. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, stay with us if uh, Ewan hasn't already got your details. He'll get them, um, and we'll bring on our next guest in just a wee minute. Which uh, I'm I'm still puzzling over the conversation with our next guest, uh, who's going to be Patrick Hollis, a journalist at Roker Report, uh, on the back of. Jack Ross uh, leaving Sunderland today, which I, I don't get it to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk to we'll talk to to Patrick obviously and get his views on it. Uh, Patrick, first of all, thank you for taking the time to talk to us tonight. Um, Jack Ross contract terminated at Sunderland. This is a bit of a bolt from the blue, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's um, it's it's an interesting one because it's it's one of those where it's been coming. But as you said, it's still quite a surprise for it to happen basically like the the afternoon of a game. It's, um, it's so difficult to see it how it's been coming when the four points off automatic promotion with a game in hand in the fifty seven games uh, that uh, that uh, Jack Ross has been in charge, they've only lost seven, and they've beaten two Premiership teams in the League Cup. Yeah, 
it looks from the outsider. It's all, it does look good if you sort of take all of those sort of results and his time at the club as sort of like looking on it from the outside. But I think um, many other Sunderland fans would agree with us when we say that it's the performances on the pitch and it's the fact that last season, for example, we drew nineteen games. And it's just it's it, you know it, it does look good. It's it's an unbeaten run, but but when you're going for automatic promotion, it's it's not good enough really. Patrick, it's you here uh, in the studio with Bill, and we're looking at obviously the the, the record of Jack, and he, he went down and you know a blaze of glory and how well he was doing here, and I thought it was a massive big gig for him to be honest with you. But initially, you know, he went in. So what what you're kind of saying is there's been rumblings about the the, the crowd and the fans about. The performance hasn't been just really up to up to scratch, mate. Yeah, it's basically it was sort of there was a period last season where we started drawing all these games, and there was a point where because of the international breaks, yes. we had a few games in hand, mm-hmm. and we never really took advantage of them. Mm-hmm. And there was you know we'd be drawing one-one sort of three four games in a row, and we wouldn't really look like winning matches. Mm-hmm. And I think it was where we went from sort of challenging for the top two. To in the end, I think we finished fifth, and we lost two of our last three sort of league games. So it's uh, it was sort of it felt like we were never really getting there. Just never really get yeah. you know right in amongst the top four uh, and and making ourselves immensely. See regarding um, you know the, the the spending power of them. Where where did that lie with Jack? What, what, did they? You know, did he have full control of players coming in? There's no director of football there. There's nobody above him, you know, um, calling the shots. And what kind of money, if Jack had the leeway to go and sign players, what kind of money would Jack have had to spend, Patrick? I think he. it's no, it's no mistake to think that he had the most amount um, in, the in the league to spend. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, there was other people sort of around him and above him who I think had the final say on certain players. Okay. And I think that's something which he didn't really fully, well, he didn't like, but I can, I can imagine that because, yeah. you know, you can understand. A, a, yeah. Manager, yeah, a manager would want, like, sort of the, the final say on all of his signings and Ross didn't necessarily have that all the time at Sunderland. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, I listened to a, a show for Down South today saying about, you know, managers that are coming in and not getting the last word on players in, in final say. And for me, that is just a piece of nonsense. If you brought a manager into a club and what he's done at his last two or three clubs, albeit not as big as Sunderland, but the same concept wants to work at Sunderland, um, you know, you let him go on with it. Let them go on with it. What kind of crowds have they been getting past it? Have they been dwindling away? I wouldn't think so at, at that stadium. No, they haven't been dwindled. I mean, we had sort of uh, 33,000 last year, and oh. a lot of people expected them to drop this season. But um, no, it's been around the same sort of mark this season so far. And as, as for the start of the season, not until present, <clears throat> is, is the fans still staying with the manager? There's not been there's not been any demos or banners or anything saying that they want them out, do they? Is, have they still been with them? Uh, yeah, I mean. I wouldn't necessarily say they've been like vocal in the support of Ross, but they also haven't been vocal in wanting them out of the club. Got you. I know that um, I know people who were at the game on Saturday, and they said those some sections of fans were obviously singing like, sort of like the the Ross out sort of chants yes. and that. But um, yes. no, there hasn't really been the sort of big demonstration what you usually get. 
when the manager's under pressure of the club. And the assistant manager, Bill, I've seen James Fowler, who we know here for his time in Scotland, has, has stayed on to take the game in the, the FL Trophy against Grimsby tonight. That, again, that's quite an unusual one, Bill, when manager goes, usually backroom goes, oh, it's got to be somebody to take the team tonight. But that's quite a strange one that the assistant stayed on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. One of the other things that, that, that did Jack make himself a bit of a target, do you think, in, in a way, Patrick, by signing so many guys that had played in Scotland for Sunderland? I think it was definitely, yeah, I think he did. It was a bit of a risk. Mm. Um, but when he signed these players, I mean, you know, there were, I can. Comfortably say that not many Sunderland fans were, would have obviously heard of the likes of uh, Dylan McGeek, who obviously was and uh, Jack, uh, John McLaughlin, sorry, who mm-hmm. obviously yeah. came in um, in Jack Ross's first summer. But uh, yeah, I think it was me personally. I thought that he'd sign these players, and I thought they would be they would be up to it playing in League One. I think you know they're, they're both experienced players, um, albeit you know obviously not necessarily in England, but you know that they've got a lot of. Um, experience under their belt um, and I think it was these sort of players who Ross sort of he'd, he'd hoped that that would sort of help his transition into English football obviously having having players from um, his own background obviously from Scotland around him in the team and I think that was that was a gamble and I think in some cases it hasn't really worked out and I think ultimately that's why he's sort of out of a job now I know Sunderland extremely well and spent a lot of time when I was working for Metro Radio in, in the North East uh, at, at Roker Park and at the Stadium of Light. And, and to be fair, there's been a fairly troubled history with Sunderland since the Bob Murray days. Um, and I'm just wondering if they've got over that because I'm still hearing rumours of takeovers now. Yeah, the... Um it's, there's been rumblings of a big takeover for quite a while now. Whether it's the, you know, we had these rumours of the this American consortium, then we had uh, rumours of a different consortium last summer. Um, so yeah, it's it, it feels like it's something which in the last few years has never really it's never been far out of sort of view when you mention in Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Terry, they've not got the troubles to seek in the North East right now, have they, really? There's nobody. I think that's probably taking a wee bit of pressure off that nobody for the North East, you know, like obviously your Middlesbrough and your Castle Sunderland, there's nobody, you know, fired in all cylinders right now. No. Um, who's, who's been quoted for the job already, Patrick? Have you heard anything that's going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been a few names from around. Um, there was uh, Daniel Stendel, who um, is obviously just left uh, Barnsley. Job. Yeah. Today, uh, I think. His name yep. being mentioned. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, officially confirmed today. Yep. Um, Neil Harris, his name's been Millwall. moved around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think those are the two names what I've seen mentioned the most. Now, are they um, are they genuine contenders, Patrick, or are they just names that have been chucked into the hat because they're available? I think Stendhal's probably more of the genuine one, uh, purely because he's just come out with a job from a team who were in League One last year. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, obviously, the people at the club who recruit the new manager, you know, they want to look at somebody who has got a team with a fairly small budget out of this league. So I think if they want to look at that sort of criteria, I think Stendhal is, is the ideal candidate. Mm-hmm. I think Harris would be... I still feel that Harris had somewhere lined up through the way that he left Millwall and the way he did. I thought that was a real surprise. Yeah. Because everything seemed 
you know, obviously your club hero at Millwall, you think he's gonna he's got things sorted there, he's got them playing quite good football. So it'll be it's interesting. I think either one of them will be really good appointments for Sunderland. But obviously it, it just depends on who the who the board and the people in charge want to run the club next. What would have been the the all round feeling from the Sunderland fans when Jack Ross was doing so well at St Mirren? Great stock at Allawa and did his bit before that at Hart. So he, he's learnt the game here, up here, and it came down and we thought it was going to be the next big thing. What was the initial feeling with Sunderland fans when he got the Sunderland job? Well, I think initially it was a bit of surprise because obviously yep. it's, mm-hmm. it, you know, it's somebody who not many Sunderland fans would have heard about. But then yes. when you look into his track record, mm-hmm. it's like, Yes, obviously, you know, it has just been in Scotland, but if you look at what he's done with the clubs he's been at, mm-hmm. he has got a very good track record. And I think initially it was it was seen as positive because it was somebody different, yes. like a new kind of... Yeah, thing rather than run-of-the-mill journeyman, you know, manager coming in, let's go fresh, let's get somebody in and young and vibrant. But do you think, yeah, here's, another, mean, here's another question, do you think the club is too big for him? I don't think so. I, I do think that it's later on in his career. Um, I don't know how soon it will be, but I do think that he'll get, he will get the opportunity back in against another, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, a, another big club. I think the problem with Sunderland is that we're sort of. I feel like certain people involved in the club is still hanging on this idea that. We are sort of a Premier League-sized club, and we are facility-wise, but yes. we are in League One for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And I just think it's this. I think Ross suffered from this idea that, oh, we should be fine in this league. We should be doing well in the Championship because we were in the Premier League for so long. But if you look at our record in the Premier League in the last five years, we were there. We achieved nothing. We struggled to stay up. We we didn't really earn a right to be there. Mm-hmm. So now that we're in League One, I think it's just it's an adjustment which people haven't really got their heads around, and I think I think Ross has partially become victim to that. Doesn't that make it a bit of a poison chalice for anybody that comes in? The fact that Newcastle are in the Premier League, Middlesbrough are in the Championship, and you're sitting there in League One, uh, uh, and Sunderland fans have a huge expectation level. I'm just wondering if this is a job really that gives any manager a chance because. Unless they win automatic promotion uh, and get up into the championship, and then it'll make it even harder because they'll expect up into the Premiership. Is it a bit of a poison chalice? Is it is it a job that's a little bit tainted at the moment purely because of the fact that your neighbours are, are top uh, above you? Yeah, I think it is. To be honest, it's been a bit of a poison chalice for a while now. I think we've had something like eleven managers in ten years, and. People just they come here and everybody says like if somebody gets it right then Sunderland will be a great club. But the last four or five managers have said that they just haven't been able to get it. So I think I agree. If the next man who comes in needs to get the club promoted because if even if it's the if we end up in the playoffs if we miss out on the top two in April May the pressure is going to be on. Yeah, you just wonder. You just wonder who they're going to look at, Patrick. You know, you go back and 
you know, you look at the Roy Keane days and what have you, you know, and he had them going at one point, didn't he? There's no doubt about it, you know, do they need somebody experienced maybe to, to drag them up out of the league rather than trying the, you know, the young coach? You, they might not get down that route again if it if it's no happen for them. I, I can't believe they had 19 draws last year. But that here's, here's the thing, guys. Think about this. Patrick's saying, you know, giving the right guy the chance to, to do the job. <laughs> After 11 games, you're not giving anybody the chance to do the job. Okay, you could argue that there was disappointment after last season, the playoffs. But, you know, he's still only four points away from automatic promotion yeah. and, a ga- and a game in hand. How far for the top? I think, the, what, are they sitting about sixth or seventh at the minute, Patrick? Yeah, we're, we're eight Ipswich points off the top and we're, we're six. Yeah, six Ipswich in the So top, four yeah. points off automatic uh, promotion. But is that good enough for and three, but, you, but it's 11 games in. I know. If exactly. you're going to, if you, three points available there and you get many. If you're talking about a situation where you're giving managers a chance to do the job, is that you giving managers a chance to do a job? If another manager comes in and he doesn't get up into those places, will he get binned? Yeah, it's strange because... You know, when when Jack Ross, you know, started his career, did so well and and moved up, for my opinion, and, and this is just my own opinion, I don't know if uh, people would share that up here in Scotland, I was surprised he got such a big job. And I think a lot of people, Bill, as well, were surprised up here that he got that job. And see the bottom line, the bottom line here, he's, he's, he's not delivered. You know, Sunderland can't wait, Bill. They need to get out the league. They need to get out. 19 draws last year. You know, and couldn't they get up? You know, with the budget they've got, they've got. They should have, you know, they should have been well up, mate. You know, because their wages will be better than MDL, so it means you can get better players. So if you get better players, you get better results. Yeah, but then the book stops but, with the, the, the manager. Yeah, but then we talk about players not performing when they cross the white line. Well, again, that's up to the manager to, to get them up for it. Well, I, I, look, I, I worry that what, the, the next manager that comes into Sunderland. Here's the thing. Let me ask you this, Patrick. Whoever comes in. If they don't get promotion this season, will they start next season for Sunderland? I think it will depend on how the season goes. I think if, it, if it's a close run thing mm-hmm. and we just miss out, I think they'll be they'll be given the full summer to prepare for to obviously have a full season in charge. But I think if if it's something where we fall away and we end up finishing where we are now or a bit lower and if it gets to sort of like March, April time and you're thinking we're not really going to be anywhere near the, obviously the promotion um, shake-up comes to the end of the season, I think there will be questions asked. But I think the worst thing we can do is bring in a new guy now and then have him not last until the end of the season. Because I think to, to have like three managers in, in a year, it's, it's all, it highlights a failure at the higher part of the club. Interesting to see what they do with Fowler, whether they feel as if keeping an assistant manager at least to steady the ship a little bit, you know, with a new guy coming in, whether they actually are going to rate. Uh, well, you know he's not going to stay, and the reason he's well, not going to No, you know he's not going to, because any manager that comes in no, brings does in it his always own guy. happen? Does Nine times happen? out of ten. No, well, okay, this might just be the one that they might just stay on. You know, yeah, listen, this nowadays is a job's a job. No, there's a pig flying by. No, it doesn't matter. If it's a pig or no, a pig or no a pig. Uh, but he might stay. So no, there you go. He won't. In your opinion? No, in my knowledge. Oh, okay. You're the board no- down there. No, no, but I know Sunderland Football Club. Well, whatever. And whoever comes in will bring his own team with him. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll agree to this yeah, I, I can agree with that. 
Hey, I didn't ask you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you stay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you think you're a guest on here, son? You're not here to sit there and listen to us and we'll come to you, right? <laughs> oh, look at that, mate. Well done, well done. But, you know, you've got a situation at Sunderland where we were talking about a manager, if he doesn't get up this season, being given the summer to rebuild. But then if he starts off badly next season, there'll be another knee-jerk reaction. And this is the problem with Sunderland. They've got to give their managers an opportunity to do the job. I think uh, Patrick obviously knows the club a lot better than me. You've been in that area. Something uh, For some strange reason, I just like to see Sunderland doing well. I think the fans are passionate and they're right up for it. And I just think the appointment this time with, with Jack was it was a wee bit of right. Listen, every appointment's a toss of the coin. How's it? 50 50 whether it'll work or not. But I, I think the guy that he's mentioned at Barnsley and Neil Harris for me, if I'm a, a Sunderland fan, I'm still not happy with that. I still want somebody tried and trusted who can come in and be like an, an Allardyce, somebody like, you know, that players will play for. Well, they're not bringing Allardyce in. How no? Because. Because he was at Newcastle? Yeah. Well, would that stop the appointment, Jack? Uh, Patrick? Well, I mean, he's, he's been at Sunderland before. Yeah, he has, yeah. So he was. You know, he, he, he left in sort of, well, he got the England job, so he was, it was all set up for him to have a full uh, window and sort of like make us into this like team who could actually compete in the Premier League. And then obviously England came along and then Obviously, the rest was history, really, because obviously it ended badly with England and then he just never came back. But oh, so he, f- he left he... Sunderland to go to England? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, he was, he was at Sunderland when he... Um... He's in that many clubs. He's been on this morning. He was on the Brazil this morning and he was talking about different things and, and uh, I didn't know it was as, uh, as raw as that. So that's, it was just a name that came to me. Experience, looking for a job, no short of a bob or two, obviously, and, and, and go back because was he doing okay in that job prior to the England job coming up? Yeah, I mean, he he came in sort of like the November. Yeah. And I think we we hadn't actually we hadn't won, um, and he, he came in and he he had a decent January window, and yeah. he he kept us he kept us up. Um, so yeah, it was obviously that was an achievement for someone in the Premier League. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, I remember it. Listen, uh, I've been asked to ask you from a couple of people who are tweeting: Is there going to be a second series of Sunderland till I die? Do you know? <laughs> yes, uh, there is. Uh, they are. F- They've been around filming, I think, uh, at certain games this season. So uh, last last season, I mean. So I, I think there is going to be something in in the in the works, definitely. Okay, uh, if I could get wave a magic wand for you and give you the manager of your choice, who would it be at the Stadium of Light? Oh, manager of choice. Um, I think I'm going to be quite realistic and it doesn't sound very optimistic but I would want Stendhal purely because what he did to that Barnsley team to get them promoted out of the league with a budget which would have been a lot less than Sunderland to be honest Okay, Patrick, thanks for being on with thanks, us Patrick. and uh, giving us a bit of a shakedown on Jack Ross's departure at the Stadium of Light. There you go. Thanks, That's uh, Patrick Hollis, journalist at the Roker Report. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk a bit more football. 
Have you picked up the Feel the Heat brochure from your local plum base? Get one today and take advantage of great offers, including Polypipe's Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket at £99.99. That's a 15% saving on purchasing individual pieces, and it's exclusive to plum base. The Polypipe Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket is just part of the Polypipe range available in the plum base Feel the Heat brochure. Shop online now at plumbase.co.uk or grab one from your local branch. At Motorpoint, we put the super into car supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low-mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning-fast service and same-day drive-away. Plus, with Motorpoint's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a £50 Amazon voucher. Visit Motorpoint Glasgow today, just two minutes from Junction 3 of the M74. T's and C's apply. See website for details. The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284 987. Grant Henderson Tankers, let the experts manage your waste. Have you ever lost money on an investment? If a high street bank persuaded you to buy a stocks and shares ISA, unit trust or investment bond and you lost money, Goodwin Barrett can help you get back thousands of pounds in compensation. We've already helped thousands of people just like you claim back millions of pounds. Even if you don't have the investment anymore or the paperwork, Goodwin Barrett make it easy to find out. Text GOOD to 6677. Text GOOD to 6677 now. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Hugh Burns on Rock Sport Radio. Okay, dokey. Final half hour of talking football. And you never even thanked me for coming in tonight. Pardon me? You never thanked me at the top of the show for coming in. Thank you, Mr. Burns. You know, Tuesday Thank is you, very, very important. My social day. How? Well, it means if I'm coming in here. What do you normally do? Well, I'm missing the start of River City. <laughs> uh, I could imagine you in River City actually. Oh, I've been that wee uh, shell suit bob to get me a wee walk on part. You could be you could, I could be that rolling villains. Hello, hello, I, I, could, there, I could I could see you. You'd be the local money lender. <laughs> no, Lenny Murdoch. You, yeah, see Lenny Murdoch. So. Who the hell is Lenny Murdoch? He's a bad boy. Nice to see he's a bad boy in the Do you know what? Can you find him see when you said But he's a Celtic supporter, so it doesn't matter. You see when you said I'm missing the beginning of River City. Oh. I thought you were joking, but now you're naming members of the cast. Oh, tell and them now off. I know you actually watch it. Of course I do. I've got my, I've got a great picture of me and Shell Alex. Suit Bob. Shell Suit Bob and Alex and uh, Ibrox and the boys are Mad Blue Roses, of course. And I don't think we Shell Suit Bob likes being in it because they've got him doing as a Celtic fan in it. So you have. And he doesn't like that to be, man. He's bluer than blue. I can't believe you didn't watch River City. Listen, if there's anybody listening, which obviously there's you, <laughs> you can't hopefully. believe. You <laughs> Tweet Anne and tell me that, please tell me I'm the only person in uh, the west of Scotland that watched River City. You know he's been doing that part 16, 17 years. Shell suit Bob? Yes. When well, he's starting short trousers with aye. the short trousered shell was, suits. Aye, I'd be Bubba. That's what he gets called. He's more called him Bubba. Grief. See you, Bubba. That's brilliant, though. It's a good Great. gig. What? It's a good gig. 
Of course it is. I think the set used to be an old distillery or something, didn't it? I think you do it down in Clyde Bank now because... No, no, Dumbarton. Is it Dumbarton, aye? Yeah, Dumbarton. I, I was down in the BBC studios uh, about a year ago and I was asking them where the any chance I seen MD for River City. What, in Pacific Key? Aye. See it now? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was starstruck. <laughs> I know, I remember the day he was in here. He's brilliant, me guy. And then I met a guy called Angus that's on it as well. He nearly wrestled him to the floor before uh, he could get out. To met, get a picture taken. I met a guy in B and Q and he plays a part called Angus and I go, What are you doing? Is this is this a story like the Midnight Caller? I met a guy in B and Q and he plays a part <laughs> called Angus. <laughs> Hey? No, is that what I I'm just doing get now? when I see these people. I know the you do. You know what I mean? I know you do. It's uh, sad but true. So we as anyway. Tuesday night, River City. A one off. Do you not tape it? No, I've not got any, any gadgets. None of that. None of that technology. <laughs> you know, man. That was all part of the settlement, was it? <laughs> oh, come on. And they all shot the colours when he's doing that. Why don't you? See that black and white telly? That'll do me in the bedroom. <laughs> with, <laughs> with the coat hanger. The wee rabbit ears there. The wee rabbit ears there. Uh, the wee coat hanger. The uh, rabbit ears there. And Finley looking at me and going, Dar, where'd it all go hang? Oh, there you are. We are Scottish football. Lenny is the man in uh, River City. <laughs> there you uh, go. That's him, is it? That's Lenny, is it? Lenny Murdoch. He's a man. Mm. Polish have got him. Killed his missus. Trying to blame his son. I don't know what he's doing there, but I hope it's not what I think it is. <laughs> the look in his face. I don't know, but I've lost that Scotland squad. Oh, I've got it now. Right. Have you got it? Got it now, and I'm going right. to jot it down. In I don't like the international break. Me neither. I've never liked the international like break. Um, gives you a wee chance, really, to kind of catch up and life in general if you've got stuff to do. But you know, uh, you were saying you were a bit concerned about the the goalkeepers. Well, the boy we just spoke to, uh, Patrick from uh, Sunderland, and uh, I don't think, to be fair, that that John McLaughlin ha- have let has let Sunderland down. He's been a mainstay for Jack, brought him down for Hearts and. You know, he's decent, but you look it at He hasn't them. been for Sunderland. What did I say? You said, I don't think he's let them down. He's not been that great, I have to say. Well, he's, he's been playing. <laughs> I don't think he's been that for, bad. Yeah, but for Sunderland and Jack Ross, he's just got the Dan Mac. That's not a day with the goalie. That's not a day with the goalie. Okay. Craig McGilvery, Portsmouth, don't really know much about him. David Marshall is obviously... Big Marshall's always been a good servant. Rock solid, the big man. He's, there's, no, there's no problem there at all. Uh, one or two changes to the, the squad that we've got in front of us. Be interesting to see what he goes with and who he brings in. Um, I don't know. Uh, what will he do? You know, your defenders are. We've got Devlin, Finlay, Hanley, I think, who's out injured. Charlie Mulgrew. Got to be a question mark with that one. Stephen O'Donnell, bring your club for him. Liam Palmer, Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know much about him. Andy Robertson, I think he plays for Liverpool. And. Uh, Greg Taylor, the wee left back as well, is in the squad. So, middle of the park, Ryan Christie, Flecky, great CB John Fleck, Flecky's young nephew in from Sheffield United. Ryan Jackal, no be in it. No, he's out. Um, John McGinn, for me, different gravy. Callum McGregor, you know, has no been doing that great with, with Scott with Celtic, according to some of the Celtic boys. Kenny McLean doing great with Norwich. Scott McTominay and the Man U team, I know. Snodgrass in and out the West Ham team. and Stuart Armstrong's been called up. Up top, you've got Ollie Burke. Alaves, didn't know he was there. James Forrest, Celtic, Ryan Fraser, Bournemouth. Johnny Russell, Sporting Kansas City. And Lauren Shanklin, good old Dundee. Listen, let me ask you about Johnny Russell. Because for me, if you haul him across the Atlantic, you've, you've got, got to, to give him, him a shot. Yeah, 100%, surely. 100%, I've got to agree with you. Come all that way to, to sit in the bench, get a wee cameo, 10, 15 minutes, isn't it good enough? Uh, you've got to then say, you know, plaudits to the player. 
for, for downing tools over there and coming over to represent your country mm. and flying the Atlantic what have you all the stuff that goes with it but um, you know I don't think it's it's one that, that whets the appetite of the Tartan Army bill that one mm. uh, Ollie Burke as well did you know he was at Alaves I take yes it, I did you know, I take <coughs> it he's still out and low he's just yeah, he's alone. Alone. He's alone. didn't know he was there um, looking for a bit more of James Forrest he's not getting a lot of games at Alaves by the way yeah that doesn't surprise me to be honest with you Um but we are Scottish football. Stephen O'Donnell better with Daniel O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, sometimes things can be very cruel. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. <clears throat> Do you want to pick your team and tell me why you're going with that team? No, I'm, I think Martial will start in goals. Um, right, okay. Obviously, that's he's, he's your he's your number one. Uh, looking at the squad there, I think he'll play Devlin at right back. Okay. Right. I th- okay. Now wait a minute. No, I'm going to go with O'Donnell. I think he'll go with O'Donnell. And I think he'll go with Findlay. Uh, if he's going to say, let's just make it easy and go with a 4 4 2. Did he then go with Liam Palmer for Sheffield Wednesday? Because you're then toiling for another centre half. Palmer's a right back. Palmer? Mm. Well, Liam Palmer at Sheffield Wednesday's a right back. Who's he going to play at centre back then with, with Big Findlay? <laughs> McKenna's not on the squad, is he? No, Paul Hammond. Um, I guess it's going to be Mulgrew. By default, I think I've got to agree with you. So you're talking Finlay and Mulgrew, double centre back, mm-hmm. Andy Robertson, um, left back, and then you could easily go with across the four. Um, you could look at McGregor, just inside leftish. That just left a centre of midfield. Um, Kenny McLean, centrally, who's playing every week, and John McGinn. And maybe have somebody just off the striker. Who's going to start, Bill? You wouldn't play Ryan Christie? Mm, you could play Christie just in front of a John McGinn. You could play You could play a four across the middle. You've got of, McTominay there as well. Yeah, well, you're throwing one of these names, that man. Well, you know, you look at the midfield. McTominay the midfield's been the place. O- he's been doing okay. He's been doing okay with Man United. The only one in Man United's team that's been doing okay. Yeah. I, I watched them on Sunday and I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Aye, the poor. Very poor. Could not believe what I was seeing. Um, yeah, I think, I think. well, again, it's, it's width you're then looking for. I've not really gave you width then. I've Do you know, you. I'm going to say something, and I know, I know he's not been playing on a regular basis for Southampton, mm-hmm. but you see Stuart Armstrong, I think he always turns up when it comes to Scotland games. I think he's busy. I think it gives us a wee bit of pace, a wee bit of you know, a wee bit of something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think he's got ability. He's got great legs. Gets in the box. You know, he can get on the end of things. I don't. I, w- I wouldn't disagree with that. But you know, he should be in the Southampton team. You know, if you're in the Southampton team, for me, Bill, in the Premier League, you walk into the Scotland team. Um, but he's not in the team. No. You know, and I think on the back, he, he's a Southampton player. If a Premier League status gets him in where he is with us. But, you know, he's not exactly pushed himself into that Southampton team for his move for Celtic. I think he's set the head on fire. He get wee bits off him in games, which isn't good. It's not good enough for Southampton and it's not good enough for us, to be honest with you. So, um, you've got probably, uh, you know, um, an array of riches across the middle of, you know, the park. All those players could start, Bill. You know, the way Christy take out Sunday has been playing for Celtic. John Fleck, I believe, has been doing very well with Sheffield United. John McGinn, for me, one of the top players in England, the middle of the park. McGregor, top player. Kenny McLean playing in the English Premiership. McTominay with Man United and Snowgrass, and, and you're talking about Stuart Armstrong. 
Um, they are, we are blessed with some good midfield players, there's no doubt about it. But again, when you look at the forwards, Bill, does he start with wee Shanklin? Does he give wee Shanklin a game for the start? Then he looks isolated. Then it looks dissimilar to what he done with Brophy. And he looked out of sorts. Remember, Brophy made his debut and he played up front one of the games. And, and I, was but I, I, don't, I think Shanklin would make more of it. Well, I think well, I, I think you could be right, but you, you don't want to throw Shanklin in to be scarred and then folk going on. Well, what's he, he doing? In would the he squad? be scarred if you put him in? If you if he was would you would he be scarred if you put him in against San Marino? No, not at all. Not at all. I think you've got to start somewhere, and if San Marino is the place, you you go for it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, you've got to you've got to give him a chance somewhere. We guys in fire scoring loads of goals, and why not give him a chance? We're not exactly blessed with people up front right now. That's how we want big London dice to to, <laughs> to sign for us. You know, I put his allegiances to Scotland. So, been interesting to see how that comes out. But at the back, but at the back, central defenders, we struggle, right? We struggle, and I think we struggle at right back if O'Donnell's not bringing his command form. Okay, left back. Robertson will look for a bit more at him, even though he's a top but, player. But Robertson's a great player, but he's not a great defender. They'll not let us down. I don't think Robertson will let us down, obviously, the, the level he's playing at. But then we struggle to defend goals and we struggle to score goals. Mm-hmm. And that is and the, the bit catalyst. In between, we're OK. Well, the bit, bit in between, there's a lot of our players we get into our national teams, Bill. A lot of our, our, our midfield boys we get into. But you're right, back in front, we have a real problem. Yeah, and, and, and again, we don't have. We don't have an Andy Gorham, we don't have an Alan McGregor, we don't have an out-and-out, you know, goalie that's his gloves, they're his gloves, number one is. We don't have that anymore, don't we know, for McGregor? No, we don't. For McGregor, so you're looking you're looking at, you know, three very important spine of the team. Striker, midfield's OK, centre-back, goalie, very important, Bill, and we don't have those big characters leading the line for us, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and Robertson, for me, is he a captain? Is he, is he a, a you know a, a ranter on the park? Can he get players going? Then he's worried a wee bit about his own form. Then it's spilling into that. And he's not doing what he does at Liverpool. So there's a wee conflict here as well. Should he be the captain? Is he the captain because he just plays with Liverpool? Who would you make captain then? Would McTominay make a good captain? You know, but yeah, but that's all very well if you've got a player who's an out now mainstay the team, an out now first pick. Do we have any first picks in that team? Patrick Robertson. No, McTominay is at the minute. I wouldn't say he's a, a first pick for Scotland, Bill. Come on, you wouldn't say that he is... No, no, sorry, I thought you meant for Manchester no, United. right, OK. Well, I meant Scotland. I should have said Scotland. Okay. But do, do we right. have an out-and-out out first pick team sheet player for Scotland? No. Right. So that's why Robertson's got it. Because he's in the Liverpool team. I've got nobody else to get to. Who else are you getting to? I, there's nobody sticking out at me to get him the job. No, there's not. There's not. There's not a captain But, but if you look through that squad, apart from two or three players... A lot of these players are kind of in and out of their, their teams. Their club teams, exactly. Um, you know, we lost Brown and all in the middle of the park. Who was doing the business for us in there? So, I mean, still Big McKenna's out as well, you know. You've, you've not got him to choose from. He's a loss. Uh, he is a loss because he would he would be a good centre-back uh, pairing with uh, Finlay. Oh, and I, yeah. I, I think the only problem I got, I think the two of my left-sided ball. But that wouldn't really make much difference because last time, don't forget, he played the boy uh, on the right who's <laughs> left. left who the left, uh, the right. Sorry, yeah. yeah, well, you know, that, that, that could be sorted. But uh, I seen him today getting interviewed with Stevie Clark and <laughs> sitting at my mars and 
She's near filter, my mum. She went, he doesn't smell much, aren't boy, is he? <laughs> she's, no, he's just got one of these shaped myths. It's a bit grumpy yeah. looking. He's all right, Stevie. He's in his own way. He's got his own way about him. But Pure Fitba says, McBurney out, dykes in. That would have made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And I certainly agree with that. And I asked you during the break, why are they messing about with dykes? If, 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 you know, if, if Australia haven't come calling right now. Why do we just not get it done? Hugh, let me tell you something, and I said this months ago on, on the programme. Uh, it wasn't you that was in, I think it might have been me, McCabe, or it might have been Ali. I think it was Ali. But here's the thing. I said, see if it was me, I'd look for every player that was half decent that had any connection to Scotland and qualified. And I'd play them, even if it was in the last 90 seconds of a competitive game. Just to make sure. Just to make sure they couldn't play for anybody else. And make sure we had a call on them. Why are we not doing that with this big kid? He's 24, 25 year old. He's playing in Scottish football. He's leading the line. He's big, he's strong, he's got a great touch. So he's going about him again, 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 again. Now, Stevie Clark, I've had him watched. Everybody's talking about him in the media right now. Australia haven't they came calling. Well, I thought Stevie Clark was at the game on Sunday. Yeah, but what I'm saying is he's not... Apparently he hasn't had any communication with Steve Clark. He hasn't spoken to him because uh, you and asked him earlier. Rubbish. Get on the phone. What's your thoughts, Lyndon? You know, it's like a club manager. Listen, I'm interested in signing here. It's got a manager. Do you want to come and play for us? I'll get this rush through and why don't you come and play what you, what you do is you give him a decision to make. Aye, exactly. And you'll see where he, where he lies. He has said his allegiances are Australia because his mum and dad, but he was born. Well, his mum and dad are Scots. Scots. But he aye. grew up. He in grew Australia. up in Australia. Yeah. His kid was born in Australia, well, uh, in, in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a family in Scotland. He said he'd be equally as proud to play for either team. So you know, don't give him the choice. Make it now. Get him on for 90 seconds if you don't want to start him. Get him on for a period of time so that he's ours and nobody else can get him. I've got to agree with you. If you see somebody... Do you know what will happen? Australia will see him because they've seen various players. Remember they saw the the three players that were playing at Hibs. Somebody in Australia, uh, the Australian coach, will see him. They'll give him a call up. He'll get on for 20 minutes with them. He's theirs. And we'll sit back and think, what we should have do? done that. Yeah. Yeah, it costs you nothing to do it, Bill. Cost you nothing. Just get the paperwork done. Get it in place. Not only that, we need somebody that can split defenders. We need somebody that can hassle them. And, and he gave he gave Julian a torrid time with Ayer at the weekend. And he done the same with, with Goldstein and To Halland the point where Julian running. wanted to go around and fight everybody. Yeah, I know. I watched him. I watched the big guy do it twice against Rangers in the space of 10 days. Gave us a torrid time, but back to. Uh, Golston, Katic and Holanda uh, against them and uh, it was outstanding any time I've seen him he's been outstanding so that's something I mean for me it's a no-brainer because we just don't have an abundance of people to to, to take No, we're we're missing the boat with this one it's an opportunity that we should be getting sorted Somebody should be, uh, you know, prodding Stevie on and going, hey, listen, we've got nothing to lose here, Gaffer, let's get this done. People people, people saying online that he doesn't score enough goals. Here's the thing. He'll let other people, he'll, he'll create space for other people to score goals. He'll take people away, he'll take, he'll open the defence up for people to get in behind. I know sometimes you're quite hard on Ollie McBurney and... Ollie Burke and what have you, you know, but again, we're, on, we're here to give our opinion on football. Hugh, for me, McBurney just doesn't do anything. He runs around mm-hmm. 
And that's as much as he does. Made a bit of name for his in the championship. He gallops man. around. As an international player, for me, he's just not up to no, it. No, I agree with you. Did, did okay with, with, with Swansea, you know, and, and has got the move to United, Sheffield United, on the back of what he was doing work-wise at, at, at Swansea and scoring some important goals, but, you know, not a, a recognised poacher 15, 20 a year type guy. Um, and I think, you know, you just seen the finish of the big fella at Livy on Sunday. It was a great finish. Um, I'm not saying, listen, you know, because he does that, he should get a cap with Scotland, but we're not blessed by and having top-notch strikers of that out, of that size and presence. If you get somebody like him who can upset big defenders, get him in. you will let other people get opportunities. Get him in. Get him in. Get him in. And I'm glad we had one. And it's a scoop for Roxport. We had the big fellow on and we had him on a good half hour. He was brilliant. Opened up, told us where he is. How's he enjoying his football? How's he knowing that question? You know, asked him. And for me, pff, listen, I just hope somebody's listening to us tonight and they tweet Scottish football tomorrow, SFA, and say, listen, I heard Big Lindy saying he's not a You know, that, that's what it takes. I, I know I, I, I go on about it, but I just, I, I can't emphasise enough that we don't have an abundance of players available to us of a certain standard. Mm-hmm. And for me, if there are players, and I agree with you, it's like the manager situation. Take people who are hot. Now, you could argue that a striker would be hot like Shanklin because he's scoring goals. Mm-hmm. But I think Dykes is hot as well because he causes mayhem. Yeah. And he lets other people feed off him. I, I, you know, he's, he's, I think the big fella is desperate. He's desperate to go to one, one or the other, isn't he? You know, well, feather in his cap. Fair prestige as well that now he's an international footballer mm. you know in Australia there are no mugs now either but I think I was right in saying that w- don't forget a lot of the Aussie players play elsewhere they yeah, don't I know play they do, in but, Australia but, but we, we had, I know we're not in a great place right now but as the world rankings go are we above Australia no I wouldn't have thought so mm. I really wouldn't have thought so but I'll check well you know potentially potentially we're, a, we're potentially we, we've got to be a bigger nation than Australia's football goes ball. Come on. I know we're not playing great just now, but surely the attraction must be to be a Scottish internationalist or an Australian internationalist. And then the travelling and all the stuff that goes with it. I just think that, you know, the big guy should be, you know, be given the ultimatum for, for Scottish football, uh, the SFA, and, and get him, uh, get him in. And well, there you go. There you are. Where are we? Uh, the Australians are 44... Oh no, hang on, the ones I've got is got Czechoslovakia 44 Oh, you're a time warp What phone have you got? Uh, no, the, uh, Australia 44 equal with Czechoslovakia Scotland are uh, 52 Well, nothing in it really is a, So they're above us not, there's, not, there's not a lot in it, Bill um, So I just think that you know, we've got to be uh... Drew Gomez says Hate to say it, but Scotland should make the right choice and call the boy up. Always keep club and international football separate. Might have to do here because no matter how I feel about him, he's a talent and Scotland need talent. Uh, he's still... <laughs> I won't do that bit. Uh, but thanks, for your, thanks, for your, uh, <laughs> thanks for your general gist. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll not... I'll not read that bit, the, the last na- bit. Was there a few nasties? Well, let's just say it's less than complimentary. To who? The, to uh, Lyndon Dykes. Oh, is that? Uh, but they were still saying that he should uh, he should get a call up. Oh, so right, okay. I'll go with that. Well, that's good enough. Um, yeah, well, you know, people, listen, 
People are beginning to talk about linen dykes now. That's the thing. You know, a month ago, six weeks ago, you know, if you do it against the old firm, people talk. And that's, you know, and the, the Bears will talk, Celtic fans will talk, go big striker for Livingston. I would, I, would, I would like to think that we've got people looking at anybody else that might have any kind of connection to qualify. Because, you know, Zach Charlton made it a mission. And Ireland did extremely well through oh, the back it. Of it. And here's my here's my thoughts on it, Hugh. Very quickly, you see if there's a rule that can favour you, you use it because if you don't, everybody else is, and there you put yourself at a disadvantage. One hundred percent. I remember saying a few weeks back that you know that, that, that Stevie Clark it was well documented that he'll go the woods and bridges and lens of the country all over to 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 unearth people who. Would never have thought they'd have been eligible to play for a um, for Scotland, and they've got one night in the doorstep, and we've done nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we need to do something about it because it's important. But for a, a, a team, you know, um, I can't write. I'm suddenly going to a squad to try and pick a team rather than <laughs> at, at, at telling me who to pick and going. He's a stayer. He'll be in. He'll be in. He'll be in. It tells you how difficult the manager's job sale. is. It's like a jumbo sale. You know, I'm, I'm getting on. And I'm, I'm picking good players in, but good players who maybe, as you say, are no starting for the club, who shouldn't really be an automatic choice for the yeah. country then, Bill. But that's been a problem for us over the last few years. There's been lots of people yeah. that we've had that have not been getting regular first-team football. And that has always been that has always been the cream of your game, playing well with your club and getting the call-up to go straight into the international team. And, um, well, you know, you just need to look at the form of of Forrest right now, of McGregor right now, and, and other players. I'm not just picking because of Celtic boys, but you've heard the Celtic players, or the Celtic fans saying, the boys in particular, Jenny McCabe in particular, have said they could get more out of Forrest, more out of McGregor. So, but because we don't have any better any bear the boys right now, they'll go into the team and on the back of where they're playing and and what they've done and the many caps they've had between them already, they'll go into the team. Um I like the freshness of Stuart Finlay coming in. I think he should have been in the squad. They called him in, didn't he? I can't believe he didn't. He just was, wasn't in the squad. He, for me, he's got to be in the squad. Cracking big player, big centre back, um, and and players like that give players a chance um, and and take what you can. But listen, there's no easy games. We'll, we'll turn. We'll you know we'll get the, the, the points against San Marino, but. Russia's the, the one that's... Uh, <laughs> we'll get the points against San Marino. Yeah, oh, you know we will. Of course we will. But um, the Russia game is a wee bit... Um, um, and the balance, there's no doubt about it. They've got some decent players. So, you know, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be, going to be difficult beating Russia. But we say that with everybody we play, don't we? Well, that's because we make it difficult a lot of the time. Well, it's not ability. You know, it's, you know, you, you win games with good players. We've got good players. We just don't seem to be doing it. And it seems to be... This big, you know, surge of getting Stevie uh, into the job, but it seems to have just went just a wee bit flat with a couple of the results, Bill. A wee bit flat early mm. in his his his, uh, his reign as a manager. Listen, I'm not saying there's a panic, but uh, we've got to start winning games, and and it's the same, you know. It's the bottom line. If it's like the top, it's Stevie Gerrard being the next Liverpool manager. You've got to win, you've got to win cups with, with Rangers before you get that chance. So. You know, well, we said that last night, but you know, I, I still think that that you know, even Steve Clark said this is a harder gig than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, he's always going to say that, isn't he? You know, he's having a look at it now, probably knowing what he was going to take on. He knew he'd get players and try to unearth players who's not been capped before for Scotland, keep the players who have been capped, 
get the best out of them. Um, and he's hoping that their, their, their club form turns and they get in the, in, the, in the first team because he's then getting further as international players who are in form. It must be bad, it must be hard players turning up who are not getting a game for their club. But you've you've got to give them a game for the country, Bill. That's that's difficult, I think, you know, as a manager. To accept that, first and foremost. Um so gonna be interesting. Uh double header coming up. But going way back to the question you asked about half an hour ago. We don't like international breaks. Get the games back in during we, the week. We hate international breaks. Now, Ewan's just put something up which is quite interesting, and I have to confess I didn't know. Uh-huh. Um He's saying that uh Che Adams, who used to be at Birmingham, scored 19 goals for them last season, moved to Southampton for 15 million. I watched the boy at the weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, he qualifies, apparently, for Scotland through his mother, Francis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but he's already said no to McLeish for now. Um, I'm just wondering if Steve Clark should be having a word in his shell, like. Mm, well, yeah, if he said no to McLeish, then at that particular time he didn't fancy it. I just got a feeling if you said once... If you've said no once, that should be enough. Well, it's like you're a knockback for a bird, isn't it? You don't like a back, do you? Really? That's never happened to me. So well, obviously, I just have to take your, I have to take your uh, you know, advice. You for know, that. sometimes. No, the point I'm making is though that there were even some seasoned players who had been internationals that decided they didn't want to play for certain managers. Mm-hmm. And, That's true. You That's know, happened. And 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 again, it comes back to we can we be that picky? If somebody said no, you know, is Che Adams going to get a chance for England? <laughs> Do you think? No, I don't think he is. No, I think he could get. A, you know, he could get a chance for Scotland. Uh, he's made seven appearances for Southampton. As I say, I watched him at the weekend. He came on, I think, as a sub, um, and you know, the the boy was the boy was busy. Yeah, it, it's a position. Obviously, we need we need somebody up front. We need somebody that's going to nick goals for us. You know, and and come in and 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 uh, you know the the Tartan army take a warming to him and and. He's, he's a kind of, not a talisman, but somebody that we can go to and, and, and nick stuff. And at this moment in time, we don't have that, mate. It's a shame. Um, and, and collectively, when you look at our squad and you look at when we've got all the players back, we should be able to assemble a decent side there, Bill. That's the thing. You know, I, I, you know, I listen to a lot of the guys, guys that will go to games, and maybe guys that will not go to games and, watch it and want us to do well, and they'll go, I can't believe we can't get results with some good players. Hmm. The buck then stops at Mr Clark. To, 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 to get the shape right and get the best out of players. So that, that that's why he's in the job. You know, that's why he's been appointed and to to you know get the best out of the squad that he can get together on, on match days. And for me, when you look through it, there's a lot of you know premiership players who maybe not been the first team, you know, millionaire footballers, I keep getting back to it, but you know, they're playing at good levels, they've got great living and, and all the rest of it, you know, just let's see a wee bit of that wee bit of devilment in the Scotland Is it a jersey. bit early for uh, Is it a bit early for Steve Clark coming out and saying this job is harder than I thought it was? I think that. I thought it was going to be. I'm a wee bit surprised at that you pick up and things like that more probably on social media if I don't read it. Um, but I'm a wee bit surprised that, that he's kind of came out with that as early in it because he knows it's a tough gig. Um, well, you only have to look at the fate of his predecessors. Well, that's right. He's maybe just trying to be as honest as he can. He's not pulling the wool over MD's eyes and he's trying to be as upbeat as he can. It's a hard gig. Didn't realise it was going to be as hard. I need to get on with it. Sometimes you could go in with a bombshell but still be a wee bit positive on the other side of it. Mm. And sometimes that maybe lets Stevie down because 
I don't think he's blessed with one-liners and media, you know, stuff. No, I've seen he, that, he, haven't we? You he's, know? Not, he's not what I call user-friendly. Friendly. Yeah, media-wise, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I think he'll have his pals maybe in the media that he'll go to and talk to his managers, a lot of them do, but... You know, maybe got but you know what, I don't care if he's user friendly when it comes to the media what I care about is that we get the results on the pitch uh, and for me my biggest worry is that say we don't qualify even through the playoffs of the, the Nations League that we start baying for blood again and, and we're back to square one and it means we never ever get started, we never ever get out of second gear when it comes to a manager you think we'll beat Russia? I think we can beat Russia the problem we've got is that uh, it's in Russia, isn't it? Yeah. They don't travel well, but at home um, they're, reas- they're reasonably difficult to beat. Yeah, I don't, I don't, um, I don't fancy as well. I, look, I've got to say that against San Marino, I'd like to see them go on a rampage, mm. you know, just to sh- give them confidence. Mm-hmm. But I know they probably won't. I think we'll probably win that one by about two or three, nothing, yeah. if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. But we would have to be lucky for that because we just don't score goals, Hugh. Absolutely. Don't agree with you. The good thing is that maybe San Marino haven't got anything that's going to hurt us too much, uh, even no, though we're not that strong that. at the back. Absolutely. But we don't score goals. No, and it's goals that win games, sadly. Yeah. All right, mate, thank you for tonight. Uh, and we'll see you again on Friday. That's it for me. Back tomorrow with somebody. Ali Graham's still in hospital, and I'm not sure who's filling in. Uh, not in hospital, not all of- on holiday, he's on hospital. And ho- on holiday, uh, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure who's going to be in with me Young tomorrow people. night. Um, but we'll talk tomorrow. More football between six and eight. Love music, live sport, talking football with Bill Young and Hugh Burns on Rock Sport Radio.